Welcome to the third annual Motorsport 101 Awards, celebrating the very best and very worst in automobile racing. And now, here's the host of the 2018 Motorsport 101 Awards, Adam Johnson. <laughs> well, Wait, you dragged me out of retirement for this shit? Okay, really? welcome back. I mean, welcome sorry, back. yeah, hello, welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's great, yeah. Um, welcome back. It's a pleasure welcome to be here back. in Stevenage tonight. Uh, <laughs> hope everyone's turned up from the slums to come and uh, watch, I mean, not the slums. Um, so, uh, fellas, fellas, it's been a while. How are we doing? How are we doing? I'm, I'm not used to being not in the host chair. This is a very weird and uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Not only have I returned, I'm now in the host seat and Dre has to watch. This must be a nightmare. I've got oh, an upper respiratory infection, so I'm playing through pain again. What do you mean RJ ill? <laughs> RJ is ill. I feel isolated. Johnson's in charge and King's just in the background. This 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 can only go well. Yeah, King's uh, still sat in the corner facing the wall considering his life decisions, hoping that I don't nominate him for one of the awards tonight. I know. I'm gonna right? be driving the year. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time we've accidentally given out a ten rating. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, there we go. Yes, no. It's it's a friendly neighbourhood. AJ, I'm back. Um, I, I obviously they couldn't hire um. He their took first my husband. intro. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? You couldn't afford Idris Elba this what? year. We couldn't get Charlie Brooker. Apparently, he's making a Black Mirror movie instead of doing another wipe. Um, Jeremy yeah. Martin wasn't returning your calls. No. no. Even when you were getting desperate. We, we, we rattled the, the Motorsport 101 piggy bag and we tried to spend all 78 pence of it on Idris Elba, and sadly, he didn't return our emails. Come on, this is what you need to back us on Patreon for. Well, I thought it was to buy the New York Knicks okay. from the Dolan family. <laughs> that's that's quiet. Keep that on the low. It's a bait and switch, RJ. Bait and switch. Sorry, I, I said City apologize. I spent all of our motorsport one money voting for sports personality of the year. <laughs> Sadly, she came in fourth, so it was all for naught. My apologies, fellas. It's going to be the first time you back someone who hasn't won. <laughs> I like Son being in the big boy chair. This is great. Yeah, it's totally not gone to his head, has it? <laughs> as, as Dre himself described on Twitter, this is like when Robbie Williams rejoined Take That. It's like, <laughs> look at the awkward tattooed man in the room. Not for it. Johnson's written work can be found at ajv1.com. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is a shameless plug, but uh, Johnson, good to have you back, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I've um, had a lot of fun actually drawing up these uh, nominations. This it, it kind of feels weird because the last t the last show I hosted as a full timer on here was the award show two years ago. Am I right? I believe it was. Yeah, and we we actually worked this out beforehand. This is the first time that the four longest serving hosts of the show have all been in the same room because yeah. I was the late injury replacement earlier this year. I was like when Kurt Angle got called out. of back into wrestling after being general manager um, to replace Dre. But like Dre and King, obviously the OGs, 
me yes. and then my far superior replacement, RJ, we've never all been on one show. Yeah, you know? sadly, sadly, Cricket didn't return my calls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that one call you made by accident. Yeah, like I, I butt dialed him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Please don't. Yeah, don't like, there we go. Yeah, J- Johnson's absolutely right. This is genuine, like, history being made. And this is the first time that, yeah, the four longest standing hosts of Motorsport 101 have been on the same show at the same time. It is kind of scary how that's a thing, but uh, we've done, <laughs> what, nearly, nearly 180 of these now? And I'm pretty sure that I think com- between the four of us, I think we've all been on every single one at some point. Mm. Um I, um, which is it, just—it would be weird to have a show. There's a secret Motorsport 101 episode where none of us are on it. <laughs> yeah, even even the infamous episode 19, the lost episode, had me and you on. Uh, which <laughs> what you don't know, folks, is that there is a lost episode of Motorsport One, which actually became the pilot episode for the Pit Lane podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Don't even imply that. So oh on this god. episode of Motorsport 101 Generations. Oh, very good. Does so that mean there's a younger good. me sat in the room like, who is this ass? Yeah. Actually, wait, got- wait, if I recall, there was a plan to have an episode with none of us on it. It was one of one of the times the issue of women in motorsport came up. And ah, one of uh, us threw out the idea, what if we had a show where none of us were on it and we were just replaced by, like, uh, by female friends. Oh my god, that's that reminds me. Um, of, there's a music video by a rapper called Scroobius Pip, who uh, he's got. I think it's. Oh my god, who is it in the video? There's two people who guest on the track with him, and all of them are played in the music video by female actresses who look like the male actual rappers on the track. So you basically <laughs> got a female version of Scroobius Pip in this. It almost sounded like you were doing that. <laughs> Congratulations like, to all four people who understood that reference. That's how you know I'm back. Yeah, like, like, people like listening Johnson is. Oh, he's off on bollocks that only he understands again. I, st- I still love uh, that our editor and friend of yours, uh, I bike like Curtis Lewis, general chat and Discord just went. We're, we're still waiting for the week that Laura Trot finally answers AJ's calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've long since given up having had to change SIM cards three times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Should, should, should I should I get some general housekeeping out of the way before we get into yeah, sometimes you general... just admit defeat, you know? Before, before yeah. we go through, before we go through the pre-show here, before we get into the actual awards itself. But so basically, you can find us one more time. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport One Hundred One. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport One Hundred One. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore One Hundred One. And if you'd like to follow our personal handles, you can at Harrison One Hundred One HD. Um, at Ryan Eric King, that's with two Ks, at RJ O'Connell, and at AJV1Beta if you want to follow AJ Johnson. If you want to follow his YouTube channel, where he plays through games, makes video blogs, and generally finds new ways of having bad hair, you could do that at youtube.com forward slash armbar arcade. Um, he's, he's, he's doing vlogging now. He's, he's, he's become one of the vlog people. God bless I know, him. I know. <laughs> What's happening at VidCon next year? You bloody hipster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to follow Lewis as well, you can find at Lewis Tell him we said hi um, as well. And if you want to follow us financially and you want to back us financially on Patreon, you can at patreon.com 
forward slash motorsport 101 five dollars gets you early access to both this show and bike live if you can't get enough of award shows by the way the season finale of bike live went up this past weekend as well um the the third annual bike live awards ladies and gentlemen with hosted by former france with former france center forward louis sadabe <laughs> some jokes sideshow bob some jokes never die. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Lewis hosted that one. And, yeah, again, just going over the very best and the worst of bike racing in the year of 2018, including British Superbikes, World Superbikes, Moto3, Moto2, and, of course, MotoGP. And the very hard decision of who to give Rider of the Year this year between Jonathan Ray and Mark Marquez. Um, trust me, it was a real headache this year on that one. Um, they're, they're a bit good. Just Just throwing that out there. Although, oh, also throwing throwing something else out there, oh, the yeah. fact that Bike Live had its own award show is the reason why Romano Fanati is not nominated for a certain award tonight. I have had so many people being like, Romano Fanati should be nominated for this award. And I'm like, unfortunately, there's no Mike reason he couldn't have been on the list for both. If Michael oh. Jackson can win eight Grammys, there's no reason why Fanati can't win. Oh. All right, excuse <laughs> me a second then. Cars. <laughs> When he's when he's making it onto the regular BBC homepage, I think it kind of transcends how many wheels he has. Yeah, it's it's, it's a pound for pound list of dickery. What can I say? <laughs> um, so, so if you enjoyed that, um, you can listen to Bike Club episode ninety. That's on that's on our SoundCloud and where all good podcasts are available. And if you if you like us, really really like us, you can back us to the ten dollar level, and that will get you into our Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they go out. Massive audience for this season for finale, by the way. Shout out to Cam, to James, who's tuning in all the way from Australia and has actually woken up really early in the morning just so he can listen for a, a good half this hour. Is how this is much of a I am, folks. Yeah, I, I just hope James doesn't burn outside alive. Yeah, apparently it's 42 degrees in Australia this afternoon. That's, that's not Celsius. That's not Fahrenheit. That's Celsius. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. 106 Fahrenheit. Yeah, James, have fun with that, mate. It's been nice it's knowing toasty. you. He's currently um, so cooking he... breakfast on his patio. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a grill on his patio, literally yeah. on the patio. Yeah, just just just, just gonna plunk an egg on there and it'll be done in about 30 seconds. So <laughs> shout out to Cam James. Lewis is in there as well, and Toki as well. I hope you guys enjoyed the, the extended edition tonight, because we got a lot to get through in this episode. We obviously we, we'll start off with the most one on awards, third time round. That's always gonna be fun. After that, we'll be breaking down Formula E's season five opener um, in, in Saudi Arabia. Fun times were all involved there. And uh, as, as they said on Formula E's YouTube channel, it was Return of the Dark. As, uh, more on that later. And it's, an, it's, the, it's our usual annual Christmas tradition. Dre blows his head up over the Autosport Top 50 list. Because what's the worst that could possibly happen? <laughs> right. Right. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I've already heard rumblings about certain names that could be in certain spots, and if that is the case, I'm like my eyebrows. I can't be believe sealed, they right? put Max Verstappen at number one. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I mean, I, t I just thought that was a bit excessive, you know. Interesting. They put Cody Rhodes ahead of Charles Leclerc. Oh, no, wait, I'm, not, I'm missing this up with the PWI Top 500. Oh, I was gonna say, I wonder why Kazuchika Okada was just ahead of Pierre Gasly. <laughs> Totally makes sense. <laughs> By the way, oh, that's yeah. also me ticking off the rest of my bingo card. Wrestling references. There we go. You can also see why I wanted RJ to replace me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, like, is the world ready for, for like, an, a British and an American version of RJ? 
like Dragon Ball when the two 17s merge together. It's like, I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure we're here for this. I um, wish I looked as attractive as Android 17. Let's be real. MVP! MVP! Um, <laughs> very much so. But, um... <laughs> So, I think that's the general housekeeping largely taken care of. Oh, by the way, motorsport101.com for all the written stuff as well. Season 1 of, of my season review for Formula 1 will be live by the time this goes out. And uh, a certain someone in Part 1 in the bottom three teams in the Constructors scored a 9.5 score. You can probably guess who it is. Is um, it Alonso? <laughs> amazingly, McLaren didn't finish in the bottom three this year. So, do you know? Um, okay. Know. He'll score um, a 10 in the second half then. Of course, uh, I'm, I'm legally obligated, <laughs> basically, at this mm. point. So that'll be fun times for involved, but I will hand the floor back to one Adam Johnson as we introduce the third annual Motorsport 101 Awards. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, thank you. Uh, yes, so it is a real pleasure to be back here again, uh, as I said, in Stevenage. Oh, wait, I already did that joke. Uh, hang on, oh, I've run out of jokes. Right, let's just get on with it, shall we? <laughs> no more flapping around. Let's start. I thought how we do this is we'd start off with a few of the more quote-unquote serious awards. I mean, they're all serious. This is serious business, you understand. But <laughs> some of the more straight-up, you know, objective, best things of the year. And then things might go a bit downhill, you'll notice. But then they'll pick up a bit at the end. I'm saving driver of the year to the very end. Of course. And, um, I've got to say, I actually worked pretty hard on this nominee list. I uh, This is like, this was like homework for me, especially as I haven't actually followed that much motorsport this year, but... This is the most effort that has ever been made for a Motorsport 101 episode, may I just add here. (laughs) We have a set to come back for one night only. (laughs) This is more effort than I actually used to put in when I was a full-time host. (laughs) When we get to 8 o'clock and we're like, what are we taping tonight? 8.15. I haven't actually watched any of the races we're reviewing this week. Quick highlights. (laughs) He's right, not anyway. joking, by the way. <laughs> sure, no, that's serious. But uh, let's kick things off, shall we? In grand tradition, with award number one, the series of the year. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I have five. Uh, I have a minimum of five nominees for each award. Uh, a maximum of ten. So what I'll do is I'll read my nominations uh, and then throw them open to the floor. If anyone wants to pitch any others in, you can. And yes. then um, we will decide the winner. A lot of these as well were influenced by our Patreon backers in the Discord as well. Yes. So yeah. some of them were pushing hard for some nominees. In fact, some of these nominees actually came in at the last minute earlier today before we recorded this on yeah. Thursday, 20th of December, 2018. Yeah. When I was when I was finishing the essay earlier. Yeah. So, apparently, apparently two of the nominees for loser of the year are like Cam Buckley's blood. Um <laughs> Yes. On the paper, just 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 to put into some some sort of context. Yeah, I actually received a blood-soaked piece of paper this morning that was actually Cam's nominees. Yeah, so uh, that'll be fun. Too angry to die. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so start off with the uh, series of the year. My five nominations go as thus: IndyCar, not really a surprise. Consistency always in the running for this uh-huh. award. IMSA, the series that actually got me back watching motorsport this year after a near two-year hiatus. That tells you how good it was. Mm-hmm. RJ, this is not just to appease you. You know I genuinely love the series. Super GT. Yeah. A, a season that had maybe not necessarily a five-star race, but it was stacked with three and four-star races top to bottom. Yeah, which is all that could be said for Formula One. Um, can you guess that Formula One's not nominated for this award? Uh, <laughs> it'd be interesting hmm. if any of you pitch it, though. Uh, 
No. Nobody no. number four. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Nominee number four, Formula Two. Ah. And then my final nomination here, bit up home support on this one, British Touring Car Championship. Oh, for God's sake. No, but seriously, though, genuinely had a title fight that went down to the last round. Genuinely really good racing every round. I thought it was pretty good. So there's the five nominations to start. Open the floor. Any, anything else you'd like to add? Ooh. I'd Why just like to... I, though I like to cape for Formula Two for a second. They had a great year. Obviously, start of the year wasn't had some nagging issues with the new car, but uh, the new car did shoot flames out the exhaust. Though, don't forget that part. <laughs> and it still raced well. Yeah, yeah it still it, raced it also, well. It also turned Nicholas Latifi's car into a bloody trebuchet during the final round. That we do over that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is obviously Artem Markov's last season in Formula 2. So, you know, maybe... We, 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 the, the, the flag of Motorsport 101 Towers is currently a half-mask. Best <laughs> 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 to respect. No, to be fair, Formula 2 was an overall very fun series this year. Like I know the car still had technical problems and what fundamentally, you know, might need some better clutches going forward. But the races itself, I think, were pretty darn solid. We had a lot of really brilliant overtakes. Um, the cars did promote great racing, and that really is half the battle. And hey... Having the Halo on there for the first time probably at least saved one life, as we saw in Catalonia. Um, so you know, like you know, it Formula Two was genuinely fun. It, it was probably the most fun series I've watched that's been on this list. I would like to throw MotoGP's hat in the ring yet again here. Um, ah, but well, here's the thing though: uh, I didn't put bike-based nominations in any of these awards because I thought you covered all that on Bike Live. Mm. It's a hybrid award. It always has <laughs> been. Um, so, I'm going to have to go through and rewrite all the awards. <laughs> As you can see, it's kind of not fair because the moment you throw MotoGP, MotoGP is going to win. It's, it's, it's... No, I don't yeah. mind. There's two awards easy... I know right off the top of the head that they're going to win. <laughs> see, that's the thing. I don't mind easing off on this one, but I would like to give it an honor mostly because it had probably four all-time classic races this season yet again. Um, Bruno was like the nearest thing to a nuclear explosion that took place. Over, <laughs> and you were over there. The, uh, uh, that, I, I didn't even mention Bruno in the bike live. Actually being so modest about it, I didn't mention <laughs> Bruno, and that was a low-key, seriously good MotoGP race that didn't even get mentioned uh, about the freeway fight between Dovi Lorenzo and Marquez, which I saw live in person. Um, it was amazing; it really was. And um, yeah, go 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 to Bruno, everybody. It's a it's a great it's a great time. Um, but you know, Bruno Assen was a was a fantastic race. It was like I said before, Valentino Rossi literally rided into the rear of Jorge Lorenzo, like barely cracked the top three of crazy things about that race. Um, on that one, Thailand obviously deserves a mention as well. Um, for another brilliant Dovi, like Do I, I, I basically called it Dovi versus Marquez Five, Dovi harder. Um, at this point, because of how many times those two will go to the final corner. A good um, day to Dovi hard. 
good God. But uh, another overall brilliant season. Pro like In terms of overall pound-for-pound -pound race quality, it probably wins. But the fact it didn't have a dramatic title fight because Mark Marquez was just that good probably lets it down in that regard. Um, so, so in the award for best series that isn't MotoGP... <laughs> um, I'm leaning so not... towards King and saying Formula 2 on this one. So we're not throwing any more nominations into the hat. Yeah. James, uh, James who, has, uh, who, is who has got to go to work in 110-degree heat, did throw out supercars with uh, with the title fight between McLaughlin and Van uh, Gisbergen. See, I think that suffered from what, um, what you said about Super GT and that it didn't really have that many standout races, but generally the race quality was always pretty good. Yeah. It mm. just was hurt by the fact that Red Bull and... Uh, Dick Johnson racing Timensky were so far ahead of everyone else they basically ran the table between them but at least one driver from each was competitive enough to take it to the final round in terms of the title fight mm. That's that fair. is very fair um I oh man this is gonna be tough um IndyCar was the first year of the IR18 um, you didn't have a batshit insane super speedway oval race like you did in the last few years. The Indy no. 500 was relatively tame compared to recent years. Mm -hmm. But all across the board, and especially on road and street courses, the racing quality was good. And we had another very good quality grid. And uh, we had several drivers, multiple race winners. Uh, eight. Field. Yes, eight race winners and a title fight that went to the last race of the season. We'll get to that in future awards. Mm -hmm. oh, you know what's crazy? This was still actually somewhat of a down year for IndyCar, yeah. which is, says a lot of how consistently great it normally is. This was <laughs> IndyCar in transition, and it was still awesome. Yes. And, like, the Discord right now is screaming for IMSA. <laughs> And I'll tell you, it's uh, and I'll tell you, it was a it's a good series with a product that's getting better and better each year, uh, especially with new DPI powers like Acura Team Petsky, Mazda Team Yoast, yeah. GTLM is stacked from top to bottom. There's not a weak team in that field. GT Daytona is always good. Uh, the only thing is that I didn't watch enough, or watch or listen to enough of it. Yeah, because on kind of my end of things, in terms of watching IMSA, I pretty much only watch the, the North American Endurance Cup. So Daytona, uh, yeah, Daytona, Sebring, uh, Watkins Glen, and Petit. And if you just watch that, you got some good races, including a Race of the Year nominee. Absolutely. Um, I would cake for Super GT in this case. I feel like they had... Uh, it was a good season. Again, another top-quality grid from top to bottom. A lot of interesting storylines. But I will say, you know... Looking back on it, Formula 2 was so good this year where you had three three Formula 1 graduates, mm -hmm. uh, three drivers who deserve to be there on merit, and many more like Nick DeVries, Sergio yeah. Setacamera, um, Artem Markalov, who maybe should be there but aren't because of different circumstances, um, surprise winners, and fantastic racing the whole season. I, I'm leaning towards Formula 2 on this one for those exact reasons. I think it was like of all the series that, that are mentioned on that list, that was the one I had the most fun watching. I've got to say, this is a little bit of a surprise. I Formula 2 was a little bit of a, wasn't one that came to mind immediately. I think it was RJ that mentioned it. Yeah. Sort of throw away. But um, guys, your final selection. 
Formula Two. Close, yeah, Formula Two. <laughs> Discord's gonna hate us for the, 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 the peanut gallery. In, the pilgrims are furious, but um, for the uh, record, I, folks, my pick was Imster. Uh, oh, that's right. Save yourself from the murder. Why don't you? <laughs> I love that Cam's already whipped out the shotgun. <laughs> like, the dis- the Discord is furious with us, but I don't care. I'm with I'm with my two co-hosts on this one. There's bottles and, flying from the crowd right now, and and we outrank three to one. It's going to be Formula Two for Series of the Year. I, Formula I'd Two say- Series of the Year. I'd yes. say next year we're probably going to be having the same debate because Formula Two, uh, despite you know losing pretty much the top half of their field, are getting a new rookie class. Is just ex- it's exciting, and it's it's going to be no longer the penultimate class. It's going to be the intermediate class now that GP3 has now become Formula 3. So Yay. it's going to be one piece of a stacked undercard. <laughs> IMSA. IMSA on the other side is getting just as strong, and yeah. obviously the to most viewers looking in, the biggest change is NBC is going to be broadcasting IMSA now, and recently they announced that they signed AJ Almendinger to be an analyst for them. Oh, oh yeah. So, Dinger. Besides all the other things we said about IMSA, plus that, it's it seems like we're going to be having the also, same debate next Formula year. Formula Two had Davide Valsecchi on commentary. Sure. Oh, you, well, you mean you can't really beat that, can you? <laughs> yeah, as I was pointed out in the Discord. Also, one thing I've got to clear up quick because there's four of us on here. If there is a tie, who gets cast in vote? Ooh, um, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, That's not bad I, was, I was actually going to say that you three could be the main ones that vote. I, I'm just the host. I pitch the nominees, and you uh, throw the mac at me. No, to be fair, Johnson, you you deserve your say as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're you're not the speaker. You don't you don't have to you know not vote. <laughs> yeah, John, Johnson is speaker of the house. You know, I'm not John Burko. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I take casting vote then, just in case? <laughs> yes, if if uh, the floor is happy with that. The floor is fine with this. Okay. Uh, okay. Please don't hold me in contempt of Parliament. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I call, I called a vote of no confidence, Johnson. <laughs> right okay let's move on to the second award of the night the team of the year Ooh. now this is there are eight nominees for this one i did not have any trouble thinking of nominees for this one but there will mm. still be room for two more for you to potentially throw in so let's run them down obvious one out of the way first mercedes amg petronas from formula one thanks for coming everybody um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, your second nominee renault sport formula one team for winning the formula 1.5 championship yeah it's a very important title the midfielders uh, need something to... <laughs> the third it's like their version of what's the bsb you didn't quite make the chase so here's a plate the riders cup formerly known as the paperweight <laughs> the chase for the paperweight uh, third one's a little bit left field. Speedworks Motorsport from the British Touring Car Championship for taking a small one or two car independent team and taking the factory BMW team all the way to the end in the championship with Tom Ingram. So I like the uh, the underdog story there. Nominee four, a little bit of a bias on this one, Corvette Racing from IMSA for managing to do what Ooh. Brian France must have absolutely hated and win a championship in GTLM without winning a single race. <laughs> consistency is king folks mm-hmm. now here is potentially my pick of the nominees i don't want to influence you yet but next up i've got penske racing so Ooh. is this NASCAR, just 
No. Oh, oh the NASCAR, whole multi-category umbrella. IndyCar, IMSA, and supercars. Bear in mind, they won two of those championships, and they won the Indy 500 in IndyCar. Ooh. Next that's, up. That's a clever pick. The championship that got away from Penske in IndyCar. Next up, Chip Ganassi Racing. They won the IndyCar title. Uh, mm-hmm. Did they win the team's title? Oh, they won the driver's title with Scott Dixon, obviously. Uh, IndyCar does not have a team's title. Oh, uh, okay. There you go. And they also competed in NASCAR with Carl Larson. I, uh, what's NASCAR? Um, <laughs> uh, the GTE and GTLM classes of WC and IMSA as well. Uh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes, of course. Duh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, spot with the Fords there. Uh, now, final two. Ray Brig Team Kunimitsu from Super GT. The team champions in GT500. Pots and Sam! Obviously. <laughs> and your final pick, the IMSA prototype champions, Action Express Racing. Ooh. So there we go. If you have any more nominees to throw in, speak now. I Otherwise, think, debate I think I'm seeing one from Toki who's uh, putting up a good one. Alfa Romeo Sauber F1 team. A very good shout. We had written off for dead in recent years and then just came off the canvas and <laughs> delivered a uppercut straight to the jaw of the midfield. <laughs> and then what, the sorry. judges scored the first full round against them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lewis has put in the chat Romano for Nazis lead. I'm dead. <laughs> so the Chris, team of the we, year that is not we press Romano. F to pay respects for Dre. I'm done. Oh, in chat. Like uh other I have to throw in one. Uh ooh, but their year wasn't as good as previous years, but they're certainly worth a mention. Prima power team. This year they won the for Italian Formula Four Drivers and Team Championship, they came third in Ger- in, for- in German Formula uh, Four in both the teams and drivers. Formula Two, not mm-hmm. as good as previous years, where DeVries and Shangalal weren't able to deliver them any championship. Just fourth in both the drivers and teams. Yeah, uh, but in Formula Three, in European Formula Three, they complete their sweep of winning every single team's championship in European Formula Three history. That's a good uh, shout. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a very good shout. And Mick won the drivers, uh, leading them to win all but one of the drivers' championships in Ooh. European Formula 3 history. That was me thinking no one would challenge Penske for success across the board, but I think you found one. So that's the maximum 10 nominees then. Go for it. <clears throat> this is tough. Um, this is tough because it's like, do you want to reward overall organizations that have had success in multiple series because again penske racing is right up there i mean didn't they just get the 500 all-time wins for penske oh, racing they did. In general they did. yeah they did brad kozlowski took him over the top for 500 total victories in all series of motorsport which is mind-boggling to, to say yeah, the least ridiculous um <laughs> um but i mean I I like King's suggestion of Prima. I really do. Like they are now the gold standard of junior motorsport series in this sense. And are we you going know, to end it, up going two for two for Formula Two? It, it's looking that way. Well, because... it's for Formula Three because Formula like I like my case against Prima would be like they've had better years, which is which is strange, which is That's scary. <laughs> And in fairness, Nick DeVries drove like somebody who wanted McLaren to remember that he was still there after being passed over by 
Magnuson, Van Dorn, Norris, Sergio set a camera. Now I feel like he's going to land a spot somewhere if it's not going to be in Formula One. Someone's um, going to break out from their role of, of being of the voice artist on being the voice artist on Tuned. <laughs> he's come a long way, that boy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling that I think we should send them a send them an email. Hopefully, hopefully they're kind enough to send an intern to pick up the award. I think we should give it to Team Vensky. I yeah, I'm. I feel like I'm in the same boat because let's just break down what Penske did um, with their three car operation in NASCAR. Brad Keselowski had a summer to remember. And even though he couldn't win the title, that's fine. Joey Logano picked it up for them in Homestead and beat the big three. Scott McLaughlin kind of finally came through with his first championship. Oh boy, I'm so proud. Many people kind of thought was ripped from away from him last year. Um, mm. They didn't win the IndyCar title, but that was still fine because Will Power still won the Indianapolis 500. Very and accurate team Penske won races in IMSA prototypes pretty much as Did they expected. win any of the North American Endurance Cup races? Yeah, uh, I don't recall accurate winning any. I don't even. think they did, did they? Camel, mm. no. I know they won in mid-Ohio. Yeah, they wanted Mid Ohio. They wanted yeah. Mid Ohio, and talking saying that no. Their, that was yeah. their only win that year season. Wow. Well, still in their first season. This was their first season. Oh no, were they back last year? They did one race last year, and okay. this was their first year in earnest. Right. Mm. Okay. So race winners in their first season in IMSA, and also developers of the best uh, social media series, one of the best, the Penske Games. Of course. Oh, yes. Of Very course. Good shout. And Ooh. as a bonus, they uh, decided to try and get NASCAR and potentially IndyCar back to uh, Gold Coast. Yep. With that uh, NASCAR demo. And mm. there's now talk of IndyCar going back there. So, yes. <laughs> mm, spicy. So, final nominations for Team of the Year. For I'm going Penske. Yeah, I'm going Penske. Do have to give a brief shout out because I know they won't win uh, to Chichita. Uh, them being the only privateer in Formula E and winning the championship. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. But yeah, my I have to cast my vote to Team Penske. Roger, you did it again. I'm <laughs> getting vote to Team Penske. Please, please be kind enough you, to send an intern to pick up your award. It's not oh. just because you employ Joseph Newgarden gainfully. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. It's, it's totally not that. And totally not to have Tennessee's finest. Um, I was gonna go for Prima personally, but I've been out outscored two to hipster. one. It, yeah, that is hardly <laughs> a hipster. <laughs> um, of course it is. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm gonna happily concede to my co-hosts on this one. Um, salute the captain. It's another one. It's another trophy in the extremely large collection for Roger Penske. We were supposed to make trophies for this. Just, just like just. I'll tell you what, over. I'll pop in cash converters tomorrow and no. grab some old like golf trophies. And, <laughs> and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you, no votes for Mercedes. No votes for Mercedes. This was their weakest year in the hybrid era yet. Like they only they, like they only won like eleven. <laughs> only. <laughs> oh dear. But um... there's a lot. But uh well, Penske Racing, congratulations. Team of the year from Motorsport 101. And thank you for hiring Scott McLaughlin. You're my base. Anyway, <clears throat> this one. Hmm, I have a feeling this one's going to be a case of two out in front and everyone else fighting for third place. But see how we go. 
This mm-hmm. is Rookie of the Year. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's just get the two obvious ones out of the way first. Robert Wickens, IndyCar. Mm. And Charles Leclerc from Formula One. Oh, God. Oh, Here's the people no. fighting for third place. Oh, Pierre Gasly from Formula One. Mm-hmm. George Russell from Formula Two. Yeah. Jensen Button, who was a rookie yeah. in Super GT. Sure. Yes. Kyle Kirkwood from US uh, F2000. Shout out to uh, Die Hard for that one. King Kirkwood. Yep. Felipe Nazar in IMSA. He was a rookie as well. Mm-hmm. Former dominator of the Porsche Super Cup, Dan Kamish, in his rookie season with the British Touring Car Championship. Did well, replacing the massive boots of one Gordon Shedden. And... Johnson's idea. <laughs> yep. And last up, from Indy Lights, and with a brief cameo in IndyCar at the very end of the season, Patricio Award. Hmm. I think Patricio Award needs some recognition because, yeah, again, this does. was his first full season in Indy He's going to be the one that he's wins been, the third place then. He's been battling budget issues. This was finally a year where he got a full-time ride in single-seaters, and he put the foot to the floor and didn't look back. Uh, after he pulled away from Colton Herta, he just left nothing to chance. Um, and then he went in, first race at Sonoma, qualified, and finished top 10. That deserves a massive, uh, massive show of respect as well. And I think mm. for Button as well, you, you're not, this is his first year in sports cards, plural. Again, he's pretty much putting SP Racing's privateer LP1 team on his back. Yep. And the cool thing is that in Super GT is that he didn't need to be the guy carrying that team because he had a very great co-driver, Naoki Yamamoto, alongside him. He did yeah. enough to get the championship, especially at Motegi. Yes. No, if anything, it felt more like he was just, he, he had a great team around him and he had room to settle in and get up to speed over there. Uh, it, it certainly was a case of him coming in and showing these amateurs how it's done because Super GT is one of the best series on the planet. We've already illustrated that, but mm-hmm. it was it felt like watching from a distance. Obviously, that the button had room to sort of adjust and settle in as part of a really good team. And as soon as both of those drivers are firing, the way you go. More yeah. or less. I'd uh, like to give an honorable mention to George Russell as well in this one. Yep. It's a shame because it is such a stacked year for rookies in this case that George Russell, King's Lynn's finest and uh, bringer of peace among, among the cultures. Um, <laughs> um, and, and again, like, it's it's crazy to think that again in Formula 2 that, you know. says a lot that we've got five people in this category who yeah. won their respective championships in their rookie seasons. And in, the crazy in- thing is... Uh, Kind of in Leclerc S fashion, uh, Russell won Formula Two as a rookie, and last year he won GP three as a rookie. Yeah, he did. shout outs as well to Lando Norris, uh, the other, the other, other rookie in the twelve year old rookie. Yes, <laughs> yeah, December ninety nine, of course, the flying fetus. <laughs> <laughs> We're not salty about that. I, I'm I'm not even going to respond to that one, <laughs> but um, oh, this like okay, we got to get into the top two here because I mean I think mm-hmm. well, so. Well, we decided I'll, that uh, Patricia Award. Uh, let me run down what Kyle Kirkwood did in the year of our Lord 2018. Yes. Uh, USF 2000. He won the season opener. Wouldn't win again until race four, and then won every race left that year. So he yeah, that's pretty he, good. Yeah, yeah, pretty this good. This was in a field that included GT Sports champion Igor Fraga, by the way. Hmm. Also, can I just pitch a nomination I didn't end up putting in because it kind of felt relatively easy to be a rookie in this class when you're effectively in a one-horse race. Wait, wait, I'm, oh, no, I'm, no. 
I'm I'm not done with Kirkwood. That's just okay. Okay. That's just the first championship he was in. So he won won 12 out of 14 races in USF 2000. Mm -hmm. Then he goes into F3 Americas, where he wins 15 out of 17 races. (laughs) He wins both championships in the same year and only loses four races. I declare that we nickname this man Kyle Beat Him Down Kirkwood. <laughs> Beat him down. Beat him down. <laughs> okay, it's... I'm done. <laughs> so Kirkwood you, presents you, compelling you case. Like I said, there was another one that I didn't really feel. I, I'm sure you guys agree with me. This one, Fernando Alonso in WEC. Boo. Boo. <laughs> You know, Ooh, as, the, as the resident Fernando Alonso uh, caper of Motorsport 101, no. <laughs> <laughs> when even like, RJ saying, nah, fuck that. It's like, oh, he won Le Mans in his first attempt. Hulkenberg did that. In a far more, in an actually competitive field. Yeah. That's, that's Formula 1.5 champion Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've pitched for Kyle Kirkwood, Patricio Ward, and George Russell to share that third place medal. Uh, let's um, let's tackle the big two, shall we? Yeah, I mean, Charles Leclerc did just about everything you could expect and ask of a rookie in Formula One in a team that was, as we mentioned, a bit of a write-off going towards the end of 2017. I mean, they had, back then they only had five points. Um, they was very they were struggling financially, um, but there was hope. And that was, you know, Alfa Romeo coming in and uh, and, and and chipping in and whatnot. But uh, Charles Leclerc pretty much single-handedly put that team back up like two spots in the constructors. Um, mm. You know, scored. I think I think it was something like twenty-nine points. He was in the points ten out of twenty-one races. Um, was even like you know made Q three on several occasions. Um, he was regularly challenging for the top of Formula 1.5. Yes, he was. Like he was, you know, in you know, he was in the top eight. On, on like it, it, it no longer became a fluke to see him in the top eight by the end of the season, and he, he was racking up top eight finishes for fun. Um, he is a truly phenomenal driver. Um, he is may he might he, he might be even better than the hype was going into it, which is a terrifying thought. He's got a perfect ten score. But from two of us during our season review episode last week, I was the only one who was stingy and didn't, even though in the written version, I might have upped it to a 9.5. Just, <laughs> just, just, just for sheer cheek's sake. And um, just like to but, put things in perspective, this is like the fourth year you could have given him Rookie of the Year. Because 2015, he was form- European Formula 3 Rookie Champion, fourth overall. Uh, rookie year in GP3 in 2016, he was champion. <laughs> 2017 in Formula 2, uh, he was also champion. Mm-hmm. It's like, and yeah, as Gray said, there's like, despite coming in with all that on his resume, um, yeah, he exceeded expectations, which 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 were already ridiculous to begin <laughs> with. Like, it, it is is ridiculous. Citing Charles Leclerc is a talent, and. It's no coincidence he's, he's about to be the youngest Ferrari factory driver in over 60 years. Yeah, um, it says a lot about how good the two nominations from F1 this year are, that both of them are moving to top three teams next year. 
Leclerc yeah. and Gasly. And it says a lot that in any other year, Gasly would have walked this in terms of Rookie of the Year yeah. in F1. Yeah, Gasly was great. For sort of, let's, not point, let's, let's not skip over this. Pierre Gasly was genuinely great for a very much struggling Toro Rosso team this year, maybe even more so pound for pound than what Sauber had to go through this year. Because Toro Rosso had Honda Power, and Honda Power was not as advertised. Shall we say? I mean, um, it, it was it was better than advertised by McLaren, but that that like that's like the bar is six foot under the ground. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, also, literally, McLaren tried to bury Honda. Honda was a bit was like bad, saying, but it wasn't that bad. That's a bit like saying Asda smart price burgers are better than Quickster's microwave burgers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's they're both giving you food poisoning either way. <laughs> but but um, on the other side of the coin, we have Robert Wickens who was electric in IndyCar for his rookie season. And, and let's not and let's just clarify something as well. This is not based on a sentimental reason after his crash. I mean he's doing amazingly no. in his recovery, but this is genuinely on his record, right? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was phenomenal. Yeah. He, he very won his very first race in this series if it wasn't for slightly clottish American who takes him out on penultimate lap. Um, Wickens probably wins his very first IndyCar appearance from pole position. Um, um, like Wickens hit the ground running, unlike anyone I've seen as a rookie in IndyCar yeah. since maybe Juan Pablo Montoya. I think um, uh, we looked at we looked at the rookie of the year class and we weren't sure what Wickens was going to do because, again, he comes from background as a professional driver, but that's in DTM. He hadn't driven single-seaters competitively since 2011. And with DTM, it's always kind of hard to get a read because he never finished better than fourth in the championship and never won more than two races in a season. And Schmidt-Peterson Motorsport was a solid upper midfield team, but you don't know what you're going to get out of that. And as it turns out, uh, Wickens well exceeded that. Just a tad. I said, <laughs> very much nearly won his first race, was frequently on the podium in the first and had good chances to win in St. Pete, in, in Phoenix, in at Indianapolis's road in course. Texas. In the first 13 races, he only retired from St. Pete and Texas, two races where he was in contention to win. The others, he finished no worse than ninth. Oh, yeah. He was phenomenal right out of the box and may have even finished in the top five of the championship if he'd actually take part in a full season. Of course, as we always say on this show, get well soon, Robert Wickens. Um of course, there's going to be an element of sentiment, sentimentality that comes with it. But even Absolutely. if you put that, even if even if you put that to one side, his rookie season was immense in a series that is spec, where it's hard to be a success. It's hard to stand it's out. It's very hard to be a rookie in IndyCar as well. So many good guys have gone over there. Just look at guys like Max Chilton and guys who have, have been rated so highly from other series. Just like, don't let's put it this way: it's like IndyCar's top twenty is stacked like it might be yep. the most stacked single seat race series on the planet where i mentioned it to i'm um, telling the xeno on twitter yesterday tony Kanaan, who was a first ballot hall of famer in the context of north american single seat racing was 16th this year um <laughs> yeah put it another to... way joseph newgarden was 23rd in his rookie season that joseph newgarden yeah <laughs> this is this is a series where experience is worth more than its weight in gold absolutely yeah and Wickens was absolutely mind-blowing, was fearless, was electric, and kind you know, and gave a, a very established veteran teammate in James Hinchcliffe a very good money through most of the season. Um, personally... It's the big decision, guys. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Just, yeah. 
this is tough. I mean, it's it's. Let's be real here. And I'm gonna let you guys go first, just in case my cast ever has to come into play. Um, <laughs> but I'll let you guys go first on this one. But good luck. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. It's on one hand you have Leclerc, where bar was set to the ceiling, he exceeded it. Uh, everyone kind of went in assuming he was going to be rookie of the year, uh, but he still fought hard for it and proved everyone he deserved to be. Wiggins, on the other hand, uh, put himself in a situation where put himself in a situation where no one believed he could be rookie of the year and proved everyone otherwise. It kind of felt like uh, Charles Leclerc matched people's very high expectations of him. Robert Wiggins blew away people's relatively low expectations. Is that fair? fair? Yeah. That's pretty fair. Oh, God. I, I'm going to give it to Leclerc. Wow. I would... Uh, yeah, this one's tough. Um, Johnson, would you like to go ahead and pick next? I'm I still got to think this one over. <laughs> this is tough. It's so it's so tough. Um, can I just bail mm-hmm. from this and pick Patricia Award? No, <laughs> <laughs> Howard. <laughs> can I change my vote to Kirkwood? <laughs> you pairs of chickens. Um, this is like an X Factor vote off, says Lewis. I'm going to let the public decide. I'm taking it to deadlock. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Uh, oh dear. I. Oh man, I just I don't know. How how do you separate the two? It it depends on your criteria, I suppose. Um I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go with Wiccans just because it is it's such a level playing field in IndyCar. Experience is normally king and rookies just don't do what Wiccans did in his debut season. Mm-hmm. So I think to me uh, not that that mitigates what Leclerc did, but in, in F1, you have more of a chance based on the car and other circumstances to have a kind of breakout season as a rookie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. But normally in IndyCar, you know, the, the point's made. Joseph Newgarden was 23rd in his rookie season. This is a series where it's hard to be a rookie. The fact that Wickens made it look easy, I think that sways me. So we're one so, all at the moment. So you have a vote for Leclerc, a vote for Wickens. RJ, have you made your mind? Um, goodness, it's um, yeah. I would um, I would go with Leclerc, and there's reasons why. Because again, Charles Leclerc uh, was signed to a team where they were last in the championship, and we thought, well, the best that he's going to be do is maybe fluke his way into a tenth place finish, maybe somewhere beat his to track teammate. Like, Maybe at Baku, Mexico, yeah, at least beat his teammate. Marcus Erickson was better than he was in recent years, but he did clear that bar and then exceeded that by finishing sits in Baku and rattling off, uh, rattling up a string of seventh place finishes to end the season. And pretty uh, much and, getting into Q3 like every other race, like it was nothing. <laughs> right. By the time the, the season ended, it was no longer a surprise. And by the time he ended the season, he had shown Ferrari that, you know, Ferrari didn't have to call him up right away in 2019. No, he could have easily not. had another year, but he was so impressive that Ferrari, you know, they they did the thing. When you persuaded the normally very conservative Ferrari that don't normally hire very young drivers to pick you after one great season in F1, that's you've done something very special. 
Yeah, especially, especially considering that, you know, Kenny Raikkonen's not, he doesn't have a one-year year, year deal at Sauber. He has a multi-year deal at Sauber. Yeah, he's, made, he's yeah. made Sauber an attractive place to race again. And and let's not forget, Raikkonen was genuinely very good this year in that high, in that second Ferrari. He was actually exactly what Ferrari were hoping he was going to be this year. Oh boy, which means not only do I have to say I actually get cast in votes. Um, this this might be the toughest call I've ever had to make in a motorsport one hundred and one category. <laughs> so much so, I propose we split it. Because I was going to go for Robert Wickens, which would have put it two to two, and I genuinely think it's you actually can't pick a, either. It's a little bit unfair that one guy misses out here because they were both phenomenal in their own ways. Mm. Charles Charles Leclerc, it, like he he had to justify his excessive amount of hype that he got in Formula Two. So what you're proposing is a majority draw. I propose a majority draw and a rematch sometime in. Yeah, um, if, uh, if Forrest Griffin and Stephen Botter can both get contracts after the end of the Ultimate Fighter Series one, I feel like it's totally legitimate that we have two rookies of the year in 2018, Charles Leclerc, and there's only one, Bobby Wickens. Yep. And so, just so you know, just so, so you know, on paper it may seem a bit weird that me and RJ, the Americans, did not vote for the Canadian. It had nothing to do with the fact that Robert Wickens <laughs> is a Canadian. Never. Not, not, not a million. Canadian. I, I know, right? Isn't that amazing how these things turn out? Okay, so let me... Johnson, go for, go for it, man. Okay, look, <clears throat> let me just uh, try and explain this to your audience. And the winner of the 2018 Rookie of the Year Award is Charles Burke... Charles Burt Wicklerk. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> no, sorry, it's Robles Lek Lekins. Yes, there we go. That's a tight uh, award. We'll just we'll just tear the trophy in half and do give, do, half do we have the budget for two trophies? I don't know. Like, do, we, do, we, do, we some, do we do we have some spares in the back just in case? Like, grab, like a bag of chocolate buttons for Yeah, uh, we, we shouldn't tear the trophy in half. It'd be a bad look if we just gave Robert Wickens the top half of a trophy. <laughs> oh my <God>. King! <laughs> no! No! <laughs> That might be the crudest joke in the history of this podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Find <laughs> Frankie Boyle King over here. It's like it's, it's like when Frankie Boyle made that joke about Princess Diana. Just see Dar in the oh, background, with really his pumps going. Oh, hey, hey, you set it up. I didn't say we should tear the trophy in half. No. <laughs> we didn't know you were going to take it there. Fuck me! No, I don't know Robert Wickens, but, but if he has anything like the uh, like the sense of humor that James Hinchcliffe had about his life-threatening accident in Indy, I think he would have appreciated. Let's move King on to the next before we get in trouble. <laughs> King, King is cancelled. I like it. <laughs> That's oh. going in all the montages. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I've just got off the phone from Randy Savage. He declared that as an official Savage overload. <laughs> right, okay. Oh no, things aren't going to get any King better is either. King is determined to make a late search for the Golden Cock. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. I, like You just about got away with it last week. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh man, okay. So um, things aren't going to get better, guys. Uh, award number four. 
and I have no nominees for this one. I'm just throwing it to the floor. The Never Log Off Award for Dankest May Maze of the Year. Oh, no. Am I your champion? this one, right? <laughs> that Ryan King for uh, pissing off every lead we have within... Um, <laughs> My Jordan... only nomination, Thick M8. Big Mate, Big Mate is a solid contender. <laughs> it is a big M8. All boy. someone on Japan Twitter had to do was enlarge a picture of a BMW M8 in Photoshop and create a phenomenon that transcended the sport. <laughs> he really did. That was <laughs> the most exciting thing about that Lamar 24 hours, apart from the Makaweki Bourdais scrap. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> like, Steam the video clip that somebody made big mate coming over the top of the crest was like i died every time i heard that <laughs> oh my god yeah big mate in motion was was a glory to behold <laughs> big mate was was fantastic um so are we are we going with a uh, thick mate for this one i'd like to i'd like to quickly announce to kimi Raikkonen drunk at the f1 to get an honorable mention here um, mostly because it was the first genuinely funny thing Kimi Raikkonen has done in about six years. Um, not just what his fan base thinks is funny. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, Kimi was, God bless him, hammered. Um, like, oh, also, oh, who was it? Um, I want to say it was during Singapore. No, it, or it might have been Spa. There was a F1 team Twitter where they said, oh, so-and-so has just passed us. That's awkward. Oh god, was, was it Renault? It? it might have been something about um Lance Stroll or something. It might have been it might have been Williams or Force India. Yeah, Force India yeah. saying they just lapped Lance Stroll. That's a bit awkward. Yeah. Something it's, like that. That's that, that, that's the tweet of someone who knows they're on <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um like do like do, do we go against the the forced F one memes here of last name and last name, or or that's Radalon actually that was just more annoying uh, than actually funny. Uh, Martin, Trey, you mentioned that again. You're going in Golden Cock. Uh, excuse me, I, I think King's no. I believe the... I believe that's Ericsson's fault actually. Uh, uh, our, don't you our, make me do it. Our buddy, uh, our, our acquaintance of the show, Chain Bear, put it best when he said, here are the best memes of the 2018 season and showed a screen of absolutely nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, I, I vote for Big Mate. Thick Mate. <laughs> Big Mate as well. Big Mate, yep. Big mate unanimous. Is the unanimous mate. decision, Thick Mate wins meme of the year. I think I may have also promised that if they helped Corvette Racing win the IMSA GT Le Mans Championship, I would buy both of their diecasts. So <laughs> I'm going to have room sell on my half desk of them. Why are you adding more to make it's money? A, to... It's a one forty third scale, so he's going to need to buy a new garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to apply for planning permission to extend my house. Oh god! <laughs> you might right. as well just buy a. You might as well just buy a regular M8 at this point. King, I don't have a spare planet to store it on. <laughs> It'll have to orbit. Uh, yeah, right, anyway, so next up, next award. This could be a pretty hotly contested one. I have six nominees for this one. I'm sure you guys have a lot more. It is war number five, the race of the year. Yes. We have British Touring Car Championship, round two of the season at Brands Hatch Indy. One of the best, no, the best touring car race I've seen in years. Uh, that was the race where there was a, a good three or four battle, car battle for the lead. 
on a mostly wet to drying track, or it might have been the other way around. Five cars at the back of the grid gambled and switched to tyres, which came good later in the race, stormed up the field, took the lead with three laps to go, and then decided to go to war with each other. And at the end of it, uh, it wasn't Ashley Sutton. Um, oh, my God, who was it? Uh, like he's I, trying to shill his own nomination and he's forgotten what's happened in seven races. <laughs> Senna Proctor. I was trying to remember who actually won the damn race because it was so chaotic. But it was an astonishingly good race, seriously. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Uh, next up, first of two nominations for Formula 1. Formula 1 finally getting some love tonight, uh, aside from Charles Leclerc. The Why? United States Grand Prix. <laughs> You'll see Ooh. when I'm looking for the nominees. US Grand Prix. Then, this is the... Uh, Totally not nominated in Cam's blood. The Imsa Petit Le Mans. Ooh. Which I have to say, I was out on a night out the night that this was happening. I got back in at like 1 in the, one a.m., slightly tipsy, stuck the Petit Le Mans, Le Mans on for the final hour and a half. It was the greatest decision ever. I nearly woke my parents up shouting at three in the morning. It was wonderful, the end of that race. And the whole race itself was great, considering you had every single championship on the line and they literally all went down to the last laps. Second F1 nomination, the British Grand Prix. Yes, That's this fair. is the one where we had. We selected this as our uh, as our race of the year in the season review show, and totally forgot that the U.S. Grand Prix was sitting there as well. Uh, good <laughs> job, us. <laughs> okay, so the one IndyCar nomination, although you can pitch more, I'm sure you will. The Grand Prix of Portland, which I was very happy to see represented for my OG boy Takuma Sato, and then that was, that was a very good IndyCar race. Yeah. Uh, which is just the sort of average default now, isn't it? A very good oh, IndyCar nice. race. You mean just a normal IndyCar race. And the final one for the insanity stakes, the NASCAR Bank of America Roval 400. <laughs> the Roval. The, the if Roval. only for the greatest failed send since the last time I played Gran Turismo Sport. <laughs> oh, dear. Step oh. up, Jimmy Johnson. That, that, okay, if there was an award for best, like, like best finish or like the premature ejaculation, Best finish. That would go. That, that would go to the Roval right there. That, oh, that, yeah. I'm not even the NASCAR guy, and I thought that was hilarious. Let's also not forget that restart with 30 laps to go, where the entire top 10 just decided not to take turn one. It's like, yeah, walls everywhere. Oh, Wall ride, God. motherfuckers. <laughs> I have two nominations, okay, both from North American Open Wheel Racing, mm -hmm. the IndyCar Grand Prix at Mid Ohio, which saw among all the of other things. Sebastian Bourdais going from 24th to 6th. Uh, Simon Pagenaud going from 17th to 7th. Jordan King going from 16th to 12th. Spencer Pickett from 18th to 13th. It had so the uh, musical Alexander chance, Grand Prix. Yes, Alexander Rossi and Robert Wickens finishing 1-2 in a clean race. And as well, the Indy Lights Freedom 100. There were only mm. about seven cars in it, but the top four, I want to say. that race always one of the sleeper best races Obor, of the year? Herda, um, Sati Rutia, and I, goodness gracious, I forget who were the other one. Dalton Kellett was in it. There was pretty much just like four cars that were swapping the lead every single lap for a 40 lap race. It arguably <laughs> upstaged the Indianapolis 500. Yeah, it was a better race. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to throw two hats in the ring from the world of bikes, if possible. I would like to nominate Moto 3's <laughs> Philip Highland race. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> this is why the bikes had their own award show. You shut your whore mouth. Um, <laughs> it, but uh, Moto 3 at Philip Island, it was insanity for Moto 3 race, which is saying something in its own right, where... With a lap to go, 
there is a lemon bike separated by a tenth of a second going over the start finish line. I have never seen a basically a MotoGP timing tower have a stroke as the, as, as the finish line starts up for the final lap. <laughs> it was mayhem, and somehow the man from eleventh would win it on the final lap. Don't ask me how. Um, and I'd also like to throw in the Suzuka eight hours as a long shot pick as well, because like that is really. It's really come along as like the all-star game of bike races now at this point mm. where, you know, this year we had even more factory guys make even more efforts. I mean, Honda, for example, brought in PJ Jacobson and I think Stefan Bradl was there. Um, Kawasaki had brought together the real dream team in Team Green with Jonathan Ray <laughs> and Leon Haslam as their team this year. Um, like that was Kawasaki saying, no, we really actually want to win this this time. And the first, I'd say, a good two and a half hours is literally Kawasaki of Haslam and Ray going head to head with the reigning the reigning champions, um, Yamaha and their fan, their phenomenal team of Alex Lowe's and Michael Vandermark as their two as their two lead riders who have won the last three years of these now. Vandermark, who is becoming like a Suzuka god at this point, he's won it with multiple manufacturers and multiple god, wins. I've got to watch this race next year. Um, it, you have to. It is a it is a phenomenal spectacle. It's one of the rare times we'll see Suzuka night. There is a light show on the main grandstand. It is beautiful to watch. It really is, and it was a fantastic race. Phenomenal races all the way through. Jonathan Rain set the all time lap record for Suzuka in qualifying as well. The man is an absolute monster um, in that sense. Um, but on top of that, just a phenomenal race. It's a shame. The reason it probably won't win it is because it kind of. Yeah, he didn't have the same top tier level excitement once uh, Jonathan Ray high slided it on slick tires in the wet. Jonathan Ray did a rare boo boo. Yeah, that, not to mention the cows like he ran out of fuel on the previous stint and they uh -oh. lost about 30 seconds going into the pit lane because they were literally on fumes. Um, going into the pits, um, earlier, which Kawasaki kind of shot themselves in the foot, and Yamaha were virtually flawless once again. Um, but the Suzuki Eight Hours is like it is it really is now for me the all star game of bike races, and I, I love it. It's a phenomenal spectacle every year, and it's going to be even greater next year, most likely because it's seeming there's a lot of rumors that Honda might be bringing in dudes like Kyle Crutchlow to give it a proper go. Um, yeah, um, like Crutchlow wants a crack at it. Um, he's, he's made that quite clear publicly. It's becoming, you can tell the race is becoming really good when drivers actively go, No, I want to go there and do that. Yeah, more and more MotoGP guys. I was Bradley Smith and Bag Yamaha really set the trend um, of MotoGP guys and other guys in already racing, you know, top tier series to give this a crack, basically. So yeah, I'd like to throw my hat in the ring for the Suzuka Eight Hours as well, but I, that's more of an honourable mention than anything else. Okie doke. So there is technically room for one more nomination if Suzuka Eight Hours is an honourable mention. I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm happy with the list. Black and Mild's pitching IMSA Road America. Mm. Someone else also pitched IMSA Mid Ohio. Mm. I for my pick. Mm, for my pick, I would go with the. I would go with the. Uh, 
the thing with the British Grand Prix is that you did have a four-car fight at the end, but the USGP did not need a safety car to be exciting at the end where you saw Verstappen actually make the clean pass around uh, around the uh, around the Hayden Hill corner uh, on Lewis Hamilton to take second place after starting 18th. And you had Sebastian Vettel fighting back from another third lap spin to take, Valt- take a place off of Valtteri Botas in the final. More on that well. later. And, of course, a... And of course, a pretty popular win with Kimi Raikkonen finally ending the drought and some good midfield scraps as well. Mm-hmm. Some of them were kind of spoiled by fuel flow and fuel allocation DSQs, which, man, what are you doing? Mm. Who Soft wants goal. to go first for the pick then? Shall I? Go, go ahead. Well, I'm kind of torn between two of my sort of what I'll call home series here. I'm torn between Petit Le Mans and the British Touring Car race. Uh, give it to Petit. Just that last I'm probably 30 give minutes. It to Petit because the British Touring Car race was half an hour of absolute insanity. Uh, a mad Hail Mary strategy call by five guys starting at the back of a 32-car grid that came good. And then having worked as a team to get through the field, they immediately stabbed each other in the back as soon as they got to the front. And it went absolutely crazy. But Petit Le Mans was basically that for about, oh, I don't know, 10 times as long. Literally, it didn't stop giving. It was the race where one of the Corvettes that was in championship contention hit the pit wall at the exit of pit road early on and looks like have screwed its championship chances only for four to miss an open goal. The thick mates to come into contention. Nick Tandy to win GTLM. GTD went down to the last lap. People ran out of fuel on the last lap in prototype, including the, the leader at the time. Literally, the race wasn't decided until the penultimate corner when I can't remember which car it was, ran out going up the hill before going down the hill to the finish line. It was an unbelievable race. So I'm I'm going with Petit Le Mans. Well, I will concede and, and, and I, I, I will match that. You, what? Whoa. It was phenomenal. Like I didn't talk about it very much at the time because I was working that weekend, but it was on my phone constantly and it was a ridiculous race. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm probably going to go Petit Le Mans too, just for that <laughs> moment where Nick Tandy fucking gets lost. <laughs> <laughs> That would be uh, that would be Lamar overall winner Nick Tandy by the way, <laughs> and Petitlemon overall winner in a GTLM car Nick Tandy. <laughs> he steps out the car. They find him to do an interview. Tandy's looking around like doesn't know anything. <laughs> Amazing. So, RJ. Oh goodness, I was the only one that went with the U.S. Grand Prix, but Petit Lamar. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I've been on the track before. If you haven't had a chance to go watch a race at Road Atlanta, especially this one, make it this one. It's It could be a chill time at the track. There's so much to do inside mm. of a sports car race that's not just like getting glued to the racing. And you'll at least have the race on the radio and on the screen so you can catch it out while you're doing other things like getting it, getting something to eat or getting something to drink, which you should be doing anyway because you need to be taking care of yourself. <laughs> Live your best life. That's right. This has been a promotional message from Road Atlanta. <laughs> hey, and their social media influencer. <laughs> like, no, seriously, Atlanta. I don't want to do the race next year. And, uh, yeah, Road Atlanta, come on, pay for us to go, Road Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. This, this podcast contains no paid promotion. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, a clean sweep for him. So, Patilam on. Well done. You are our race of the year. Well deserved, especially for thick mates. It's been a good it's been a good night so far for the thick mates, hasn't it? Yeah. Now, now we get into the real the real juicy award, the ones that you really tune in for. <laughs> war number six, 
the Scotty Award for Best Scott- Overtake. Yes, the Scott McLaughlin Memorial, but he's actually still alive. But we just want you to remember that he's still there being awesome. Yeah, somewhere in New Zealand, he's still drunk from winning the championship. Like, all right, guys, I'm I'm still alive. What are you doing? But, you know, not drinking out of the cup. That's where he keeps his McNuggets. That's where he eats his chicken McNuggets. Yeah, I love that boy. Anyway, I have got seven nominees on this list, and I'm sure you guys have got a lot more. So let's get into it. Mm. Number one, Alex Rossi on everyone at the Indy 500. I lost count of the amount of cars he passed on that restart. You've all seen that clip where literally all the commentators just stop talking mid-sentence like, uh, Uh, how many, what? The What, has he just activated like warp speed on the Millennium Falcon? Send it. He goes around the outside of everyone, you know, the outside lane at Indianapolis, which normally is so dirty, it just puts you straight in the wall at 200 miles an hour. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Second nomination. Ash Sutton on Josh Cook to win the very last round of the British Touring Car Championship season. Sent it on the outside at Clearways. Won the drag race to the line by about, oh, I don't know, the line of dirt on the front of his Subaru. It was an incredible send. Speaking of epic sendage, speaking of licking the stamp and sending it, Joey Logano on Martin Truex Jr. to win the NASCAR Martinsville Fall Race. And arguably, and lock himself into the chase, which he uh, to the playoff finale that he then won to become NASCAR playoff Super Bowl champ, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> now, this is one I haven't heard a lot of people talking about, but I remember watching this live and absolutely blowing up how good this was. Stephen Simpson on Juan Pablo Montoya and Jordan Taylor at the same time in the IMSA six hours of the Glen. Yeah, this was the race winning move coming up through the S's. Montoya and Taylor are side by side. Simpson squeezes up the inside where there's no room, makes it three wide, sends it into the into the bus stop, gets it done, wins the race. It's like, wow, nobody yeah. died. <laughs> that was exactly. Totally, <laughs> exactly forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that was, like the, 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 generally that's, heard that's, like that's, everyone that's, else in the Rayleigh Le Mans booth go, <gasps> shit. <laughs> that, that's the sign of a truly great overtake when the line. Wow, no one died. Well, this is, this is the award that was named after Scotty McLaughlin after that amazing over the amazing send at the Gold Coast two years ago, where he was literally almost at like twenty degrees facing the wrong way into the corner. And all remember, I want to add to this point as well. Stephen Simpson is classified as an amateur driver. Yes, <laughs> he's the am driver in that LMP2 car against oh. Montoya and Jordan Taylor. So we've got three more. The uh, F1 nomination, Daniel Ricciardo, F1's own Scotty, on Valtteri Bottas at the Chinese Grand Prix. I was very tempted, actually, you might put this one in as well, to put Lewis Hamilton around the outside of Kimi Raikkonen to win the Italian Grand Prix. No. (laughs) No. If anything, I thought it was going to be Vettel on Valtteri Bottas at Silver. Thank you. That's another contender. Ricciardo's dive bomb in China was overrated. Like a year prior... Bastion went around the outside of him at the same corner. I was like, I'm sorry. Anything that Valtteri, sorry, anything that Daniel Ricciardo does for doing his signature 15th dive bomb of the year is overrated. Stop overrating the frat boy. I've had enough of this. I'm calling a stand right here and now. I'll let you put your nominees in in a minute then. Like Dre, Dre, I've been in your camp for years. You know this. We all know this. Yes. Where is this going? <laughs> oh, we we know that famous phrase that I won't repeat on air anymore. Oh, 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 you oh that one, yeah. <laughs> that 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 one about Daniel Ricciardo's fan base. Yep. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, That's where King one. draws the line, is it? 
That's where you draw the line. We have two more nominees. We do. <laughs> We I wouldn't have... say draw the line. I would say get on his knees. Um, <laughs> okay. Ricardo's fan base are very passionate, and I like my life. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm sure they'll be fine if he doesn't win an award on some bollocks motorsport podcast on the internet. Um, sure. Anyway, we have two more nominations for you. Did I say that out loud? Um, we have from the end of the season four of Formula E, Sebastian Buemi on Daniel Apt. In the first race of the New York City E Prix. Ooh, that was absolute sendage. Wheels locked up, everything. Scotty was applauding at home. He enjoyed that. That was good. Star points there. And a late nominee earlier from our own RJ, Artem Markalov on Maxi Gunther, Nicholas Latifi, and Santino Ferrucci in one corner at Austria in Formula Two. That it's was fire. That, that Formula was two is in contention. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The floor is open. And other nominees now, Dre. Um, I think it's fair to put Sebastian Vettel on Valtteri Bottas to win the Grand Prix on the list. Um, if anything, I think Vettel had two solid contenders and he went when he literally log-jammed Lewis Hamilton in Austria as well, where he puts two wheels on the grass on the run-up to turn two and then puts his car in the inch-perfect position to pass him. Uh, at the hairpin at turn two, it was it was textbook beautiful driving from Sebastian on that yeah. one. I'm totally not biased, um, so, <laughs> um, obviously not. But um, ooh, this is tricky. Have anyone else got any other nomination? Real quick. Um, I don't. I don't. It's I don't. Well, okay. There was one in the context of the Super GT Championship was huge. Rio Hirakawa up the inside of Coast Game Matsura at the end of the Motegi round because he had exactly the width of one GT500 silhouette car, and that was it. Where was and that again? Remind me. That was at Motegi. But my uh, pick is going to be Markalov going two wheels off the grass to pass Latifi and Gunther and then take Ferrucci up on acceleration coming out of the corner. That was pretty outrageous. When I watched that, I was like, that is going in there right away. Lewis, uh, Lewis has a very interesting defense of the overrated Ricardo pass. It, it was wasn't DRS-assisted. That's a good point. To be fair, that is a good point. From I was watching a lot of the top 10 overtakes of the season in the F1 video, and I was just like, well, like one of them was the Lewis Hamilton triple overtake at uh, Bahrain, and I'm like, two of them was under DRS, and he's in a Mercedes. And he um, got a huge goddamn toe. I mean, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, okay. I, don't know, I, I don't know about even my official nomination, is Artem Markov in Austria. That was ludicrous driving. <laughs> like, it's it's the equivalent of overtaking while under ultra instinct. You just don't... <laughs> like, it, it is ridiculous how he was able to pass three dudes like that. I know he was on fresher tyres compared to the other. If but... you did that pass on F1 2018, you just crossed your fingers and assume you'd have to hit the rewind button. Yeah. That, you, that, you that, that... fucked it up. Yeah, it's, it's one of Johnson's like 115 hours doesn't use in his armbar arcade let's play um <laughs> i would know i've seen it in person um, hey but uh for me it's artem markov it is about time markov got an award for services to stupidity um because, <laughs> because that pass was stupid and hence it was awesome fifth year <laughs> extra fun haver artem markov wherever he lands next year that series is going to be so much better for it yeah, in I hope the, that this won't the, be the last the, year that he'll the. be nominated for Overtake of the Year. But I have yes. regards to Martelov as well. Mm -hmm. 
So given that Markov's already won the award, I'm sticking with the original one from earlier. Shout out to Steven Simpson for the amazing overtake that everyone seemed to forget about, but they're happy that I reminded them of it. It was excellent work, but um, I have no problems giving this one to Markov. Like I say, when I saw the clip earlier, I was like, that's fucking outrageous. World's largest nut. If that, <laughs> yes, if that happened in an hour of career mode race, he would literally just pass out on the microphone. <laughs> and that's in a video game. You'd have 150 people in the comments telling him how scripted the series is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. But it happened for real. It's awesome. Artem Markov, accept your trophy for the Scotty Award for Best Overtake of the Year. Yes, yes. I'm here for that. Now... This one's now we're getting good. We're getting into the good stuff now. Award number seven, the You Blew It Award for Own Goal of the Year. Yes. Oh, no. We have otherwise known as the Return to Sender Award. Because no, no, no. This, this, is not the, this is not the same as the Messed Up Overtake Award. I had to delete that one in the end. This is just for Own Goals of the Year. Some of them are failed sends. You'll see in a minute. But let's run down the nominees. I have six here. First up, Toyota Gazoo Racing. For oh, no. basically <clears throat> having the LMP1 class in WEC all on lockdown to themselves, and they still managed to blow the Silverstone six hours, losing it by disqualification. <laughs> it happened yeah. out once. Yeah, that's well, in a more competitive series, I mean, yeah. as in Toyota didn't need to get disqualified to win that easily. So, second up, mm, sorry, Dre, Sebastian Vettel for I've, I've picked the uh, German Grand Prix fiasco arguably turned the tide of the season it wasn't pretty let's be honest thanks a bunch <laughs> you know it had to come up at some point i'm sorry have sleep you have you finished sleep. draining the narcotic away sleep with one eye open tonight oh i do that anyway ever since i met you uh anyway i mentioned well, this one earlier <laughs> <laughs> i referenced this one earlier jimmy johnson for sending at the final quarter of the Roval race, failing so hard that he wiped himself and Martin Truex Jr. out and gifted the win to Ryan Blaney on the last corner. Like, literally, the replay of this, with Ryan Blaney trundling across the line at about 40 miles an hour and just looking out the window going, guys, I think I just won, is did that, joyous. Did that just happen? <laughs> it, yeah, that's sort of, well, okay, third's pretty good for the pot. That's the two league. What the fuck? It was wonderful. Probably not for Jimmy Johnson, though. Alexander Rossi, who's nominated in more of the positive awards this year, but this is his uh, negative, for breaking his front wing 50 yards into the season finale at Sonoma, pretty much ending the championship showdown with Scott Dixon before it began. He did before fight back very well in that race. even got to be aired on American television, let's not forget. <laughs> yes. Because that was preempted by NASCAR coverage, and then they cut away to Alexander Rossi limping around with half a front wing. And it's worth mentioning, he, the guy he ran into teammate marker yes yeah so there's that as well there's the old rule of never hit your teammate next up this one's going to annoy james is he he's not listening live is he okay good red bull racing australia for having well going into the final two races of the supercar season shane van gisbergen and scott mclaughlin level heading in the points very close after the first race except they were then awarded a post-race pit lane penalty for spinning the tires in pit lane or messing up a pit stop somehow uh and pretty much handing the title to scott mclaughlin i mean it wasn't a done deal but that kind of i mean van gisbergen himself described the penalty as shit so that kind of says all you need to know on that one and finally sergio perez for basically having the worst grand prix ever at singapore taking out his teammate at the third corner Ooh. trying to ram into everyone else 
and just having an absolute day to forget. He probably woke up the next morning like, huh, well, that was a horrible dream. Wait, no, yesterday actually happened? Shit. So yeah, there you go. There's my nominations. Uh, the floor is yours. Um, I would like to add one more if we're just uh, if we're going for open goals. Red Bull Racing, Azerbaijan Grand Prix with the right Ooh. strategy, but they couldn't stop tripping over each other until they wrecked each other out. And this was at the time where Matt's for was that for was a one-two. That could have been for a one-two with the strategy and the pace they had around the track. It, yeah. it, was, it, it would have been at least for the last spot on, at worst. That was almost like a callback to uh, Turkey 2010, wasn't it? Was it Turkey 2010? Right. Yes. Turkey yep. 2010. And... <laughs> yeah, to be like, that was a race where Red Bull had legitimate power to win. Um, that was and... also known goal so bad it inspired a Dre brief, didn't it? It did. Just yeah. talking about the toxic culture at Red Bull Racing. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, so there you go. That's seven nominees now. <sighs> and I'm sticking with my last minute nomination. I think it's Red Bull at Baku. You're going for Red Bull. Okay. Oh, Who next? Dear. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Baku bungle. Ooh. Uh, uh, am I going to earn a reprieve here? <laughs> <laughs> I feel I'm going to earn a reprieve here somehow. This is not Um... <laughs> Um, the boy's gonna get away. It looks like it. Um, I, I was gonna say Sergio Perez in in, in Singapore. Yeah, uh, that was pretty bad. Um, that was pretty bad. But I mean, that uh, was like multiple own goals in the same race. The the Baku bundle and then basically doubling down on everything kind of Stappen in that sense as well because Verstappen was probably more to blame for that than Ricardo ever was. Yeah. Um, um, even though Sutterby in the chat, Ocon yeah. at Brazil, taking out Matt's for Stappen. <sighs> to be fair, I, I could see how Ocon would actually. He was on fresher tires, he went to unlap, and Max Verstappen did his usual. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm surprised that someone's actually decided to race against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rather than bail more... out the way because he closed, I had he closed the door that really didn't need to be closed. Exactly, on a lapped car. And Ocon had every right to unlap himself as Lewis Hamilton. Like yeah. it's if if anything, like I could see how it led up to that. I, I, I think I don't know why Stappen offensive in that. Like he got can't help himself. He's the red mist descended again. Mm. That, that's that's still Verstappen's temperament there for you. I'm spotting a common theme here. Yeah, um, we'll come back to that. But I, I, I would. Ocon was a bit of a plonker, but Verstappen definitely had his part to play. Yeah, if anything, Toki's just pointing out the own goal nomination there is for Verstappen. Yeah, for leading the race and then deciding to race aggressively against a lap car on better tires and taking himself out in the process. Agreed. Which is not the take Sky F1 had, but that means it's right. Protect the golden goose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, for me, I, I'm going with the others. I'm going for. Bungle and uh, Red Bull Racing. Great call. Okay, so once again, my I can vote for something else uh, because the vote's already decided. I'm going to give the honourable mention to Jimmy Johnson for, I mean, <laughs> fucking hell, man. As a way of fucking up a final corner send goes, not only taking yourself out, taking out the leader on the last corner of the not race. Not only that, not only that, but it cost Didn't him... did he miss the chase as a result it, of that? It had cost him advancement to the next round 
And it cost him his best shot at extending his races with a – he had won at least one race in a season from 2002 until 2017. That's that was going to be the race that it would would have been extended, and that would have been his only chance, and he blew that. Yeah, so that was pretty spectacular. In any other year, Jimmy Johnson would have walked it, but he's at home breathing a sigh of relief probably. Uh, Red Bull Racing, right. here you go. Have the You Blew It Award. Well done. Enjoy How it, Terrace. How did my man's get away with that? Like, seriously, I'm still shocked. It's like a sort of Sebastian Vettel was sat at home just waiting for the phone call. Like, yeah, it's going to be me, isn't it? And then suddenly Christian Horner's phone rings. just like, oh, fuck. That Baku happened, didn't it? That was kind of everyone's reaction when RJ pitched it. It was just like, oh, yeah, that happened. Uh, oh, oh, dear. <laughs> I've just read what the next award is, though. Dre, you might not be out of the woods yet. Oh, Next award, the floppy award for biggest disappointment. <laughs> oh, God. The, the first two nominations. Scuderia Ferrari, hashtag win now, for repeated blowing of strategy calls and costing mistakes in the second half of the season. Fair. And the second nomination, Sebastian Vettel, for repeated mistakes in the second half of the season that ultimately <sighs> rendered the title fight a total anticlimax. How dare you? It wasn't all his fault, but you got to admit, I mean, Germany wasn't a good look. And he did have no. an unnecessary habit of pranging into other people and doing last-to-first challenges. It was uh, fun! But you might still get away with this one because there are some other very strong nominees in here. Luis, don't spoil one of them yet. <laughs> Third nominee. This is a good one, I think. Jason Plato for driving oh, wow. for the defending champions team in arguably the best car in the British Touring Car Championship field and being one of the best drivers in the history of the sport, yet having arguably his worst season ever, taking just one podium all season, finishing 27th in the points behind several drivers who didn't even run the full season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is something so strangely satisfied about Jason Plato in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fourth nominee, the 2018 Le Mans 24 Hours, for a combination oh. of the LMP1 class being broken uh, to favour Toyota, and the mandated stink length rule, which might have been the single stupidest rule ever implemented, which turned the race into a glorified procession. Literally, this is the first year I've been watching Le Mans since about 2005, 06. Uh, first one I remember following live was 2010. Mm. This was the first year I went for a nap in the middle of the night, woke up, and literally nothing had changed. Literally. It was like GTLM did not need a maximum stint length. No, it um, fucked the best class in the field. Even when LMP1 shits the bed at Le Mans, you can rely on LMP2 and GTE to be really good. They were just processions. Everything just like they ran in formation for the entire race. Yeah. Yeah, it was very disappointing. Okay, next up, Valtteri Bottas for going winless and finishing a distant fifth in the championship in the same car as the dominant champion, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis has already picked this one up. Williams Racing for sinking to the back of the grid and being often embarrassingly far behind the competition. <sighs> not a very good look there. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, admittedly not his fault, but it was a very unfortunate season where he had a mechanical failure every yard. Uh, and the final nominee here, the 2018 Bathurst 1000. Now, you guys know oh. Bathurst 1000 is my favorite race in the world. This one was probably the most mediocre race in about the last 10 years, it really didn't manifest in anything great. The only intrigue we had near the end was a potential fight to the finish between David Reynolds and Craig Lowndes, which prematurely ended when David Reynolds had to retire due to health concerns. 
and the final 20 laps of the race were people coasting around 30 seconds apart from each other. It was for a race that developed a reputation for being one of the best endurance races in the world and only four years ago had arguably the greatest race in any series ever. This was a real disappointment. So, have at it, folks. And if you have any other nominations, go for it. Ooh, I'd probably throw in Smith Peterson Motorsport and James Hinchcliffe failing to Ooh, make the field at the, no. at the Indianapolis Ooh, 500. How you, man? dare you? How dare you? He's completely <laughs> in every way. <laughs> now, was it the team's fault for missing the setup? Yes. Probably. Yeah. It I was it was, was a think, race yeah. that destroyed it was a race that put Lena Gade's career so far back on track. Lena Gade, who had won multiple Le Mans as an engineer, just could not figure out ovals. Yeah, that is unfortunate. She's one of the greatest engineers motorsport has ever seen. Paravale's um, finest. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that was a that's a, a fair nomination there. Uh go for it, guys. What do you I think? have no others. Okay. Um, um has McLaren been mentioned yet? McLaren's been mentioned in chat. What would because, you put them forward for? Because that's the thing. I the thing about McLaren is right, is that McLaren spent the entire year writing checks to her ass couldn't cash. Fernando Alonso is <laughs> absolutely guilty of this as well, where they finished, what was it, sixth in the opening race in Australia, and Alonso prattled about, oh, yes, now we can fight because he kept a Red Bull behind him on a track where it's notoriously difficult to overtake. Like, uh, they talked about how they had the best chassis in the field all season long, and then Zach Brown later on admitted that the car was significantly worse than last year. And, and it was set up to basically fuck over Van Dorn. Yeah, it was fundamentally broken. Van couldn't find any sort of pace until Germany. Didn't they also fall off the wagon badly in the second half of the season? Like they only scored they like did. a couple of if points. You, if you take away their first five races, they probably would have finished ninth in the championship ahead of only Williams. Right. And we could see uh, Williams' downfall coming from a mile away. For like the first five races, we thought McLaren had actually got it. And yeah, then, now they yeah. finally switched to power units that weren't made of chewing gum. But it turns out that wasn't the problem all along either. No. Um, McLaren, for writing checks their ass couldn't cash, for using Stoffel Van Dorn as a scapegoat um, for their own incompetence, and for basically going backwards in a year where Zach Brown was so goddamn sure that Renault would fix all of their problems. But and I, they think, didn't. I think McLaren are the embodiment of this award for me on this okay. one. So. My official nomination is McLaren because yeah, yep. we expected Williams to be bad. McLaren yep. basically stole sixth place and got out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. My pick is the 24 Hours of Lama. This is yep. not a condemnation of Lemmy, Nakajima, and Alonso who did their part to finally end a yes, drought for Toyota that yeah, it's not their fault. for 33 no. years. It's not their fault that Dieselgate fucked over Audi and Porsche. It's not their fault that Nissan's LP1 program was more ambitious than it should have been. It's also it's, not their fault that the ACO decided just to really, really make sure that privateers wouldn't upset the Apple car. Yeah, and, and a lot of that also had to do with the ACO's lack of transparency of why they were applying these rules yeah. until after the race had even ended. But there are other things as well. You mentioned the Matsum Stintlath and GT, which that really ruined the race any, for me. Like, anything, anybody from challenging Porsche or Ford for just being able to out strategize. You know, the yeah, theory like, was that you would allow the best drivers to set the forefront. Well, as it turns out, Porsche and Ford's drivers were always on 10. 
just have to look at that McElwicky Bourdain fight, for instance. And also, I want to shout out the LMP2 race winner not being decided officially for several months at a time after oh, G-Drive were disqualified, giving the win to Silicon Tech Alpine in the middle of autumn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that didn't help either. I think I'm with RJ on this one. As as someone who has, watches the the 24 every year, it's it's like my staple. Uh, like the Bathurst 1000 was boring. At least he didn't properly shit the At bed. Least At least it was a popular boring winner. by design. Huh? It gave us a popular winner in Craig Lowndes going out as a full-time racing Absolutely. driver. With a and it did give us the hilarious, once again, Paul Dumbrell sad face as his wheel fell off. Oh. And at least it wasn't. The thing is, the Le Mans 24 hours ended up being a bad race by design. Like, the ACO yeah. shot themselves in the foot and then thought, huh, you know what? LMP1's going to be shit. LMP2 and GTE could save it, though. Let's shoot ourselves in the knee. And it was just... Like, no, I've known LMP1 or, or Le Mans races before where LMP1 is just a crapshoot and there's nothing really much happening. But GTE and LMP2 are where it's at and they'll go down to the last few laps. Like, only last... Was it not just last year? Where you had the poor charge pro went through went to the last lap in 2017. Yeah, where and a 20 year old broke where the Corvette 100 year old Aston Martin Vantage won. Yeah, and the Corvette blew a tire on the last lap, and my heart shattered into a million pieces. But still far better than this. So I'm with you, RJ. I'm going with Lamont. Fair enough, King. I'm gonna go with Lamar. Usually, yeah, it's usually Lamar's. <laughs> Gets me really excited about endurance racing, and it let me down so tremendously this year. And you guys, we brought in, why. we brought in my colleague from Daily Sports Car, Stephen Kilby, to help us preview that race, and that was that was awesome. That was probably the best thing in the whole weekend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was it was a it was a bad race by design. The ACO fucked it, and it was it was just a race where you were constantly waiting for something to happen but you knew deep down it wouldn't because it never had a chance to be good which is the most frustrating thing at least the worst first 1000 had a chance to be good it just turned out pretty boring and that's fine um <laughs> so it's got to stress like king posting yeah. sport parody gets us sir paul mccartney has shelved his plans to build a car for the 2020-21 regulations and been massively underestimated the scale of the project <laughs> And that brings us very nicely to potentially the uh, most legendary award of this entire show. The, the Fallon Dior. Oh, oh yes. Folks, <laughs> it is time for the Golden <laughs> Award for Disservice oh, Sport. We have had the award that famously minutes. two years ago inspired Dre's epic promo against Sky F1. Probably oh. one of my favorite moments in most. The media history. has won this award two years in a row. In a Who won row. it last year? Sky in 2016, Joe Sayward in 2017. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Oh, that was well deserved. I think he's still oh, got a lot. My goodness. Which is good. What I can say whatever I want about him. What um, do we nominate for 2018? Well, I've got some nominees here. So then, let's start. I've got eight nominations already. First up. Paul Tracy leaking <laughs> oh, inflammatory okay. information about Robert Wickens' condition in the aftermath of the Pocono crash. This, uh, this, the, uh, one of the favorites is up next. The ACO for oh, turning yeah. LMP1 the, into a year long farce yeah. with uh, just, uh, almost destroying LMP1, making it pointless to be a privateer in the class, basically handing it to Toyota and potentially ruining the future direction of the entire series by dawdling around believing that hypercars, yes, a return to 1990s GT1, 
is actually the answer rather than just, you know, doing what IMSA are doing and having a fucking DPI class, you absolute plebs. You can see which one I'm going for. <clears throat> Another similar vote here. This is a late one, but very similar vein. IMG, the promoters of the World Rallycross Championship, or soon to be known as what Rallycross Championship? No, no, no. The World Rallycross Cup. Because <laughs> it can't actually be an FIA World Championship anymore. <laughs> they've dithered on the future of the sport so badly, they've screwed up the calendar, they went against the team's wishes to go to uh, electric power in the next few years, which is what the manufacturers want it. And um, half the teams have left in the last few months, including the team that was putting out the reigning champion, Johan Christofferson, and now no one knows if the series is even going to And now Johan Christofferson has signed a TCR deal. Well done, guys. Way to blow a series that a few years ago was one of the hottest things in world sport. GG's. So, on a slightly different note, no more stupid uh, promoters or governing bodies. We've now just got an absolute flaming thunder cunt. Santino Ferrucci, everyone. Oh. Multiple counts of buffoonery, uh, borderline racism, outright lying, deliberately crashing into his teammate after the checkered flag at Silverstone. Uh, there's more. Help me out. I'm sure there's more that I'm missing. For failing to pay his team, uh, Trident, and being summoned to pay all of that money back as he was pursuing a Dale coin drive. GG. In IndyCar. Yes. Uh, the only one I think we can he has an excuse for is the phone in his car incident, which was in the pits, wasn't it? And also the proposed, he said it was a it was a joke and jest, but wanting to run Make America Great Again on the side of his car at Silverstone and have it <laughs> oh, shut down. Oh. I, I had a very good long oh, rant about that in an earlier episode. Oh um, yeah, how much he that is definitely a contender for this award. And of course, he gets a full time ride at Dale Coin Racing because nothing I ever want comes to fruition. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm. So we have more nominees, unbelievably. Brian France oh, being arrested for drunk driving and possession of drugs and his continued general spectacular mismanagement of NASCAR as a series as it heads into a slow, tedious decline. Mm. I'm not bitter about that one at all, says the former NASCAR fan. Nope. Uh, next nominee, slightest. Max Verstappen for continuing oh. to insist that driving like a twat is real racing. That's actually what I've written here on my laptop. His um, first half of the season, what we forget, was shambolically bad. Yes, like, exactly. And even at the end of the season, do you remember Monza? Mm. Yeah, exactly. So if you're expecting this leopard to change its spots with age, mm, good luck. Now, another one here. This is a little bit of a controversial one. We love this series. We're giving this series a lot of love. But unfortunately, i got to nominate IMSA for their excessive five-minute stop-go penalty for what was turned out to be a simple workaround with the fuel hose fuel flow for the Montpalace Land Audi GTD team at the Rolex 24. Taking them five minutes for an ingenious fuel flow solution, which they termed as a... It was even worked out after the race. This was not the punishment to levy. And they gave it, they announced it in a press conference midway through the race while it was still going on. Imsa, you blotted your copybook here, guys. Sorry. Well, and uh, one last honorable mention. He, he can't, I'm not going to let him be nominated for this one because he would win it, but he's already won the Bike Live Award, Romano and Fanati, because we haven't given him enough of a kicking yet. <laughs> there is not enough kickings in the world that deserve him. But yeah, he's for, those guys that, for those guys that have, that have not tuned He's a fellow competitive bike uh, brake lever at 140 miles an hour San Marino Grand Prix at Misano. 
Yes. So he is disqualified from this award for just acts of meta country. But Lewis Sutterby and Dre have already given him enough of a elbow yes. dropping on Bike Live. So, well, that's a stacked field, isn't it? And I'm sure you guys have more nominees, don't you? Mm, um, gosh, I don't have any other nominees. Okay, I'm 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 split between two. Yeah, said, we don't have any other nominees, guys. <laughs> we should move on to awarding. Nope, 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 nope. Oh wait, what was that, King? What we was should, that? We should give out the award. Um, should we? Uh, Ryan King for no. giving Valtteri Bottas a 10 out of 10 in our season review episode last week. Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'd like to say Ryan King, in his defense, forgot the decimal point in between. Um, hey, after a lengthy one-week investigation, it is proven that I did not say those words. That's what he thinks. <laughs> We have it on file, King. <laughs> oh, my um, God. I, I have an extra nominee. Okay. That's not King. Um, I love that Lewis in the chat says, the airport staff member that dared to ask Hazel to pipe it down. How dare you ask the most influential woman in electric racing to pipe down? Does, she, does he not Is know he who working out where his bollocks went after she kicked him? <laughs> Delicious. He's still speaking um, in falsetto after that. I, I I have one more nominee, oh. and it is everyone on Formula One Twitter. Um, <laughs> A collective. All, all of you, uh, you, you listening to this show right now, you are part of the problem. No, so you're just like, healing out on Motorsport One One's own no, fans. Yes, because you know what. We have to like we have to Dream accept man the, over here. We have to accept the burden for everybody else. I'm sorry. This is I don't make up the rules. Don't, I'm not in this. I, I okay. I do kind of make up the rules, but that's besides the point. <laughs> listen, listen. From the awful toxicity between Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel's respective fan bases, oh, to the God. point where we're cheering for people when they hit the wall after Ash. To the fact that these two are a lot. Like, these two have genuine tremendous respect for each other and yet their fan base is at like like this is like two sides of a brexit debate like <laughs> I, I can't fucking stand it verstappen's fan base still vanity searched their own favorite driver's name to defend <clears throat> their king even though he drove like a jackass for more than half this season okay i'm tired of that I'm, I got attacked by Hulkenberg fanboys when i said he was a bit of a pillock for defending for taking a paycheck to defend grid girls in Formula One. Like, holy cow. Oh, Why Jesus, gonna... yeah. Tim Coronel for oh. abusing the, uh, the oh. you know, the Twitter practice of uh, follow, unfollow, follow for follow. You know, people do this a lot when they try to boost their follow counts. Yeah, Tim Coronel does this all the freaking time. At least, and, at least and times it, an accomplished driver. And, 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 hitting, on, and hitting on Sophia Floresh after, after her horror. And, uh, cow. Yeah. and what? Uh, Sophia's like 30 years younger than him? Oh! Lest we forget. Um, like, I would like I would like to push hard for F1 Twitter for services to making this sport a thousand times less enjoyable to watch <laughs> on the internet. But for overall services to be in a tremendous cunt, it has to be Santino Ferrucci for me. Oh my goodness, without a 
out. Um, Ferrucci is everything I disdain about motorsport and some of the awful negative stereotypes that come with it. He's the ultimate in, he's rich, he can double down and just get away with whatever he wants. Yeah, like for alleged racism, for hitting a teammate after the checkered flag. Hello? Oh, you're Santina Ferrucci's agent. (laughs) Oh, Hang on, let me just put the phone down. Anyway, carry on. Tell him he's the cunt too. Um, no, but um, like I said, for a, yo, like, yo, Dre says you're a cunt as well. Um, no, like seriously, for services to attacking another driver after the checkered, which is probably one about, of the lowest things you can do as a motorsport driver, lying yeah. about it on social media, or, um, for alleged racism, for basically dodging credit bills and almost putting a team out of business by refusing to pay them, and then by a sheer arrogance nabbing an IndyCar ride, I can't stand... I detest everything Santino Ferrucci represents in motorsport today. For me, it is Santino Ferrucci, and for once I have backed down from my own nomination for the Golden Cup. King, you're a very lucky man. No, yes. <laughs> King, you spared. King, think of it this way. How much of an arsehole did it have to take for you not to win this award? <laughs> <laughs> Max Verstappen's not even in the running. He's just, Jesus Christ, man. Like, Sky F1 didn't even get nominated this year. Goodness, even man. the reigning champion, Joe Sawwood, is sat, sat at home playing with his cock, just like, oh, they forgot I exist. Shit. Oh. Better get oh. back on my hot takes next year. Jesus, yeah. Um, I can at least allow, and Cam's not going to like when I say this, the ACO gets a reprieve because no matter Why? how much they're screwing up the WEC, the European and Asian Le Mans series are genuinely good regional endurance racing championships. I cannot fault them for that. Um, it was a from Toki, Felipe Massa. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the entirety of Brazil race car Twitter for either knowingly or ignorantly endorsing new president Jair Bolsonaro, who is um, pretty much an outside tyrant. Sorry, I'd like to regretfully announce on this podcast that Lucas canceled. Um, Lucas Degrassi has been canceled ever since he made that tweet to Elon Musk saying that Rick and Morty was the best show ever. Oh. Um, Next week, Lucas Degrassi smokes a blunt on the Joe Rogan podcast. For me, it's Ferrucci as well. I I spent all my energy about it when the when the stuff actually happened. It was it was either going to be him or Brian France Mm. for you know you know no it's not a problem to have a substance abuse addiction. It's a problem when you are held in a highly accountable position. Yeah, it starts to affect your jobs. Yes. Yeah. That's when you know you've got a problem. Okay, so we've got two votes for Ferrucci so far. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Ferrucci. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sticking with. Uh, I don't know actually. I was gonna go with the ACO, uh, just for the amount of things they fucked up this year. IMG nearly snatched it from them in those stakes. Um, in, goodness, in, yeah. in Cam's honor, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. You know, we're sports car heads, and the ACO are just doing a great job in ruining what was possibly one of the best series on the planet two years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Ferrucci was a given for this one. Surely he was like, I mean, this is like, it, it was kind of funny. Um, over on the Wrestling Observer newsletter, they do a thing every year called the most disgusting promotional tactic, which is kind of their equivalent yes. of the Golden Cock. They clearly stole it from us, even though they've been doing it for longer. Of course. Um, 
But this year, it seemed to be an interesting battle between who would win it between WWE and the UFC. The UFC seemed to have it in the bag. I don't know who's what, who's going to win it, but the UFC seemed to have it in the bag by actively promoting Conor McGregor's criminal behavior, including literally smashing up a bus and injuring fellow members of the roster, f- using that as promotional material for the Khabib fight, and then being surprised when it all escalated with a post-fight brawl. Well, then WWE threw the Hail Mary and said, hold my beer, folks, and actively stood in support of Saudi Arabia just weeks after they were revealed to the world that they murdered in cold blood one of their own citizens, um, um, amongst is, everything is, else. Is, is that more or less than the UFC using Greg Hardy? Yeah, I was just about to mention on, that. UFC making a late play for the award again. Yeah, like like they, they put Greg Hardy... A, a, a convicted got, domestic abuser. Yes, on the same card as someone who was literally convicted yeah amazing, it, amazing yeah, tone deaf ineptitude so yeah that, that was this was our own version the aco and Fru- i mean fruit just walked in the end it says a lot that like verstappen sky f1 and the usual culprits weren't even on this weren't even in it weren't even in the running for this one so mm-hmm. um santino ferrucci here is your uh bronze plated dildo uh as as trophy uh enjoy it covet it put it on your shelf and uh bury your head in shame whenever you look at it um, drives a purple car next year. Oh, paint it purple then. Anyway, it, so it'll, it'll be like the penetrator in Saints Row the Third. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know yes. the one. Yeah. <laughs> That's just going to be his nickname now, isn't it? For for no in no good way. No. The sweaty the helmet has now lost the foul on Dior. Yeah. So this is the big one. This is the big one. This is the serious one. This is this is the the climax of tonight's show, and I should probably stop making dick jokes and just get on with it. This is it, driver of the year. Now oh, I have eight nominations for this award, and unlike Autosport, one, two, three, four, five, six, all of them are champions of their respective. No, seven out of the eight are champions of their respective series. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's run them down. Lewis Hamilton, Formula One, fairly obvious. Scott Dixon, IndyCar, fairly obvious. Mm. Colin Turkington, the British Touring Car Champion for the third time. Something that, as far as I recall, only about a handful of other drivers have ever won three championships in British Touring Car history. Not even greats like Alan Menu won that many. Uh, In arguably the British Touring Car Championship's most competitive era, Super Touring, and Turkington is around right now. Scott McLaughlin, my boy, became a man over in supercars, and I had to mention him here, sorry. But I genuinely think he deserves a nomination. Uh, as um, James pointed out in our Discord earlier, he only finished outside the top 10 this past season, something like once or twice. And they in have a race how many races? Over 30. It's like a NASCAR-sized calendar Good with multiple grief. races a weekend. That is ridiculous from Scotty. Alexander Rossi, the only nominee uh, out of my nominations who didn't win the championship this year, but boy, he tried. He threw, he tried so hard, and he mm. deserves a shout here. Uh, one for RJ here, Naki Yamamoto from Super GT. Not just Super GT, he was the Super Formula champion of the same year, completing Ooh. a feat that hadn't been accomplished in 14 years and that only three other people had done before. Wow, that is. Yes, so there you go. So a champ of two series. Champ, champ, huge balls. Naoki Yamamoto. Jean-Eric Verne, Formula E Season 4 champion. And then Sebastian Ogier, WRC champion for about the 20 bazillionth time. Only now just behind fellow Seb, Sebastian Loeb, 
And those are my nominees. Do you have any others? Uh, I, I want to say we should probably also give Charles Leclerc a mention. He was our joint rookie of the year contender. And for what he accomplished in Formula One, I think he is definitely worth at least a nomination or a mention. But does that mean we have to nominate Wickens as well? Nominate them both. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Mm. Also, I'm throwing in Willpower. Will Indy 500 winner. Indianapolis 500 winner Willpower. Oval Master Willpower. I love yep. that Lewis in the background just shouts out, Carlos Sainz! <laughs> <laughs> He won't like, be nominated I, I, this year, I, I, unfortunately. I'd like, I'd like to announce that uh, um, uh, as a breaking news story here on this award show, that because of King's awful push for this award last year, Carlos Sainz's award from 2017 has been revoked and given to Lewis Hamilton. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, Carl, Carlos has already had... Has already How did Sainz win it last year? He had a good year Ryan, last year. Because yes. Ryan King begged and pleaded for it, and I let him... <laughs> He put Toro Rosso on his back and earned a promotion to Renault. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. as a result, as a result of his Nico Hulk King's horse conjecture, um, he kind of signs, no longer wins that. The award is now given to Reggie Bush. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um. Good Sorry, choices. Gang. Who are y'all going with? Shall I go first? Yes. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that now. <laughs> King, you want to go first? Idea. Huh? King? Yeah, King, go first, please. This year, I'm going up with the boy from the slums of Stevenage, Lewis <laughs> Hamilton. Oh, this, this pains me to say. It has to be Lewis Hamilton. Like, it for me... He. This is the year he came under the most pressure in the title fight, and he just got better. Like, like, like you guys may want to like save this <laughs> clip for. Tucky's really fainted in our chat. Yeah, I, 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 I can't believe I've done this. Not, not to, not <laughs> I can't to believe I've done this. I like this was the the cementation of Lewis Hamilton as an all time great in Formula One. His fifth world title. His arguably his greatest threat for a title since Nico Rosberg, and a guy from a different team who, hey, was so good at one point, we genuinely convinced half the field that Ferrari had the better car. <laughs> uh, that was cute, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but, so, cute. Uh, so cute. But um, no, this was the year that Lewis Hamilton was virtually unstoppable in an F1 car. Mm. He, he may not have had the the overall team that he had that you know Mercedes have had in the past, but to just take the title by the scruff of the neck in the midfield, uh, in the in the mid in the middle of the season, and then would go on on a near unstoppable tear in the second half that ended but up. Singapore up was like the perfect weekend when he was under maximum pressure at a circuit, but it was supposedly not Mercedes's liking. Could have fooled me. Yeah. One one of the great qualifying laps of the was destroyed the field by nearly a second. Um like that that was when I officially like I don't know if you've ever seen the snooker clip of Mark Allen whenever he has like white hanky on top of his snooker cue and he's waving <laughs> it against against Funny Sullivan basically saying I surrender. Yeah. That that, that that's what this was. Yeah. Like, like me like, developed. Vettel was like, mathematically still in the championship for another few races, but it was all over at that point. It, it, like it had was it been over. UFC fight, the ref would have called stoppage at that point. Yeah, let's just say my girlfriend had to do a lot of cheering up after watching that race of her. It was uh, <laughs> 
it was a it was it was a rough day in more ways than yeah. one. Um, but uh, but uh, for me, Lewis Hamilton, he is the driver of this generation now. Mm. He is truly ridiculous. He yeah. is the uh, I think he's the ambassador that this sport has, has has desperately been calling out for for quite some time. Hey, he still puts his foot in it on numerous occasions. Um, but, but this is this isn't social media cock up of the year. No, he, he, no, he is for me the best racing driver. And like, it's a shame because any other year I would have gone for Scott Dixon. Um, mm. And Dixon, I think, is very unlucky to miss mm. out this year because Dixon was phenomenal in IndyCar this year. Dixon's yet, probably yeah. my pick, honestly, yeah. but I'm not going to disagree with Hamilton either. Yeah, for me, oh, it's Lewis Hamilton. Like, okay. th- th- like mm. do not save this clip. It didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm the I'm the only dissenter not going with Hamilton or Dixon. Wait, no. I, oh, okay. I'm oh, going wow. with I'm going with Naoki Yamamoto. I know this is very much a biased <laughs> pick, but hear me out. Um, he had to perform at a high level against a teammate that is very renowned in Super GT. He did that. He pretty much carried that team, a team that he broke into the sport with and helped win their first championship ever. Then he won the Super Formula title in the same year. It'd be like the equivalent of winning the NASCAR Cup Series title and the IndyCar Series title in the same year. Yeah, and that he is did that all in the same year to the point where he was legitimately an outside pick for one of the vacant Toro Rosso seats that eventually went to Albon or Kvyat. Um, he, he performed so magnificently this year. But if it's going to be Hamilton, if it's going to be Ditson, I have no clubs of that at all. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I kind of feel somewhat similar on like a domestic level for Colin Turkington. Uh, having watched the, I mean, I I love Scott McLaughlin, but like Turkington winning, like British Touring Cars is such a competitive <laughs> series down the years. You don't win. Winning one championship is hard. Alan Menu is regarded as one of the greatest touring car drivers of all time because he was the only driver of the super touring era to win two championships. The fact that Turkington has won three across a span of, uh, across a decent length span of time, different regulations, quite often having to overcome adversity. Let's not forget he was out of a ride the first time he won the championship. He was unable to defend it due to budget and sponsor issues. Second time around, it almost happened again. And he just keeps coming back. He is timeless. People from around his era have faded away. Jason Plato, we mentioned him earlier in the floppy. Matt Neal is just not the force he once was. And there are so many young drivers coming up now. Turkington's just ageless. He's classy. He's always respectful. He races people well in a series that often struggles with a bad stigma, sometimes justified of being bumper car racing. He never does that. He races very well, very smartly, and he's always a credit. So that's my pick, similar to RJ picking uh, Yamamoto. Uh, if it's between the big two of Hamilton and Dixon, it's it's one of those. I pick Dixon, but I you, you're not wrong if you pick Hamilton, you know? <laughs> Like, that's what else does Hamilton have to do? We, yeah. I mean, when Dre, when you came to visit uh, a few months back, uh, mm. I believe we were talking about this. Like, we struggled to remember the last time Lewis Hamilton really fluffed his lines. Yeah, this season it just hasn't happened. As I said during, as I said during his coronation at Mexico, he is like he's on rails. He doesn't yeah. make mistakes. No. Like, that's, that's the terrifying thing about Lewis. If he has a bad day, 99 times out of 100, it's the car that's at fault. It's never yeah. Lewis Hamilton made a driver error. That and even if he does have happen. a bad hate, it's still a better day than his rivals. 
Yeah, his uh, besides Austria, his worst day was Canada, and that the last race on his current power unit. He was just uncompetitive in general. The mm. car was never going to win, and, and Sebastian drove drove the wheels off it. Mm. We. I've said it before. Sebastian did, did didn't deserve the amount of criticism he got this year, especially when you consider we are dealing with 33 year old prime Lewis Hamilton, who seems to be getting better and more flawless with age. Mm. And I said it before, Merckx I still say is the better overall team, but Lewis Hamilton forced Sebastian Vettel into driving more aggressively than he normally Absolutely. does. Absolutely, like the, the first lap at Monza, for example. Yeah. He's forced guys like Sebastian Vettel into taking unnecessary amounts of risk in order to have any chance of winning the championship. It's this probably is... part of the reason why Seb had so many lap one blunders. Absolutely. In general, so, you know, yeah. the best chance of beating Lewis is at turn one. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. So, yeah. Like, and I think it's one of those cases. It's, it's like you get sometimes in, in high profile or high level football or rugby matches or things like that, where you say, oh, this team looked really bad. Or, or sometimes in major UFC fights, one fight is like, oh, it, it doesn't look great. Um, it, it was it, it, like the most recent UFC numbered card uh, had Max Holloway against Brian Ortega. Ortega is an amazing up-and-coming prospect. Um, and people were saying, well, he didn't, he didn't do very well in that fight. He, was, he didn't look his normal self. But that was absolutely a case of, it wasn't. It was. It's. It's the age-old thing of did he did they perform bad or did their opponent make them look bad? Yeah. And here's and the thing: it if it was in any sort of level title fight where the opponent was also making mistakes, Vettel wouldn't look half as bad. But the fact he was up against basically the Terminator this season made it look yeah. every single mistake was under the magnifying glass, and it just started to. It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. After a while, you could almost More tell that Vettel knew what was coming, but just. Didn't we work out that the last time Hamilton really blotted his copybook was Bahrain 2017 with the speeding penalty? Yeah. Was that really it? I That's think, it. yeah, <clears throat> that and maybe him driving over the white line in the pits in Austria 2016, which gifted the win to Nico Rosberg. But, like, yeah, like it doesn't happen often. It's, it's, it's trivial shit at, at, mm -hmm. at best. You know, yeah. it's like it's it's he is the embodiment of the juggernaut in F1. He is the cheat code. And this is the ser this is the season where Lewis Hamilton performed so well it made people finally realise that oh yeah, it's almost like Nico Rosberg was really fucking good. I may have made a video about that. Yeah, you did, and I thought it was one of your the best you've ever done, honestly. Because um, you know me, I was I was definitely on the Nico Rosberg hype train back in the day mm -hmm. for deserved reasons, but it's just the fact is, Rosberg is still the only person to have beaten Lewis Hamilton in the hybrid era. And it's like you either have to beat him or he just gets better. And More or less. Yeah, that's a terrifying prospect. So, our Motorsport 101 Driver of the Year, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time, is Lewis Hamilton. For the first time? Yep. Because 2016 wasn't him, 2017 was not him. Who were the winners? I can't remember who the winner was. 2017 was Carlos Sainz. Okay, interesting. And I want to say Nico Rosberg was 2016. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay, there you go. Uh, a little question, this is not an official award. Uh, driver of the year that wasn't a champion in their series. Alexander Rossi for me. Yeah. Charles Leclerc. Good one. I'm giving a shout out to Tommy Ingram in British Touring Cars. For the same reason I mentioned, well, I was say, Albon in F two. 
Yeah. Oh, very good, good shout. shout. Good shout. Yeah. I Martin Trex Jr. NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always solid. Yep. Robert Wickens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Robert Wickens for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Robert so, Wickens for life. Yes, always. Um, so yeah, Lewis Hamilton wins the main event, the 2018 Motorsport 101 award. Gents, My it's ego been a is forever damaged. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least your boy didn't win the flop of your Golden Cock Award. <sighs> yeah. Um, like, like fellas, like. I, I, I call a truce on this one and we record the Formula E show. It's gone over two hours. Yeah, this think... is why I pitched earlier that we don't do all of this in one show. Yeah, probably for the best we come back another time in Formula E in the Autos 50 because, uh, oh boy, um, it, it is a, lo- it is well, a long Thank one. you so much for listening to all this, by the way. You are awesome. Yeah. You are listening to this. Yeah. Like, do you not have so better much. things to do with your life? No, like, really <laughs> don't. It's why they listen to us in the first place. Um, yeah, like, like again, special thanks to, to the phenomenal Adam Johnson for hosting the show. Um, does the Lord's work as always. If you haven't already, check him out on our bar arcade um, and whatnot, and just generally being an all round good egg on social media. Um, um, definitely worth a follow um, <laughs> if you haven't already. Um, also, I would I would like to say Merry Christmas to everybody as well, because this will be our last show before Christmas, inevitably. Um, so have a wonderful Christmas and have a joyous holiday season with you and your loved ones, hopefully. Um, and we'll probably be back a little bit nearer the new year, probably for one more show to close out the year. Um, most likely on, obviously, Formula E and that, that their Season 5 opening round in Saudi Arabia and the Autosports Top 50. May, may the good Lord help us all that I still take part in this yearly tradition. Where is the absinthe? <laughs> Where this is, is your it? New Year's Eve drinking game? Uh, I'm, going, I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> it should be delicious. Um, places you can find us one more time. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We are on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, at Harrison101HD, and at AJ Version 1 Beta. Um, that's V1, by the way. Um, we're not Matt Hardy down here, unfortunately. Um, and if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, um, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Um, again, $5 gets you early access to both this show and Bike Live. For those asking, Bike Live will be back for a couple of specials in the new year. Um, don't don't worry, we're not completely going away until February, um, thankfully. And if you're at the $10 level, you can join our Discord server and you can listen to us live as these shows go out. Thanks to everyone that's tuned in during this special um, this special end of year, I guess you could say, episode. Um, one more time, thank you all so much for listening in 2018. You've been phenomenal as an, and a wonderful audience, as always. It is an honor and privilege to be in your homes uh, and whatnot. Have a wonderful Christmas season. And um, just before we go, it's the moment you've probably all been waiting for, the inevitable Christmas montage. I've been Andre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan King, and Adam Johnson. We'll see you in the new year for a new series of Motorsport 101. Kind of, sort of. Merry Christmas. Later, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Fellas, you can record after the three. One, two, three.
three, go. It's... Oh, shoot, sorry. Oh, I pressed the wrong keys. I'm oh, good. Fine. It wasn't just me. Uh, <laughs> try it again. Yeah, uh, Lewis has got a backup just in case, which is great. Thanks, Lewis. Appreciate that, mate. Um... <laughs> and he got that bit. So, let me get this straight. Two of you forgot to press the record button. No, I, I, I pressed it at the wrong press. time. It was just the wrong button. You tit. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome to episode 128 of the Motorsport 101 podcast. 27. Wait, no, this is 28. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping that. <laughs> and we'll be reviewing all the action. Why has my phone gone off in the background? Why did I not start this earlier? Fuck's sake. This this phone's blowing up. This is that monster energy spot. Of course. Deal coming through. Of course. <laughs> uh, Wilson's coming in! And holding oh. oh. It's Will Power in the front! Nobody's gonna win it now! <laughs> <laughs> That's Zoe's favorite drivers. Guaranteed not to crash in the first lap of the pack. Oh, <laughs> that went wrong. But it's a great start for an orange car. We're at number 14, baby. Fernando Lodge is back on board. <laughs> Who turned RJ O'Connell into urinating tree for a second there? Like, Woo! holy shit. <laughs> He's back. He's back, baby. Why have we unleashed the Alonso stand in the background again? Hello. Oh, and welcome to OSW Review. You're <laughs> okay. Should I should I run it again? Run it again. We'll keep it. We'll keep it for the inevitable 2018 blooper reel. There are no teams that obviously look like they're in serious, serious trouble that their drivers cannot get them out of, or that their teams cannot get them out of. James Hinchcliffe will not be making the 102nd running of the Indianapolis 500. Um. I can explain. You'd think the biggest story this week would be the son of probably one of the greatest Formula One drivers of all time, finally make, starting to make a name for his, for himself, trying to get it up. Uh, <laughs> let me start from the top. You'd think the biggest story this week would be a young, up-and-coming Brit British... <laughs> okay. okay, let me just take a sip of water. You'd think the great... You'd think... <laughs> okay, you think the biggest story this week would be the son of multiple-time Formula One world champion. Uh, okay, I'm just going to stick with the first one about George and just, just, just go into it. Lewis, I know you have all this recorded. Don't tell Trey this happened. Got a little bit of an Indy Lights appendix here as well. Uh, Colton Herta just keeps on picking up L uh, W's, W's. O opposite, <laughs> opposite. This is not just some, you know, back, 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 back in the bedroom operation. You could say, um, <laughs> it's great, but um, you know, that's that's really really cool. But so thanks all again. Ah, I might just start the whole thing over again. That was terrible of me. I was starting like all over the place. So I was trying to. I was trying to take a selfie at the same time, and I just went. Oh. I was just all over the place. <laughs> oh, stop! Let me take a selfie. <laughs> Ryan King, our honorary Frenchman, take it away. La musique de la patrie est de gloire arrivée. Condolu de la patrie, 
ses talons sont galants et lavés. Sous des gloires, sous des gloires, Oh, I'm just doing that when they don't remember the words on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna adjust my score on Botas. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm gonna have pretty much the same score as, as RJ. Ten for the team. Ten for Lewis. Ten for Botas, and I should. Ten for Botas. <laughs> there it is. Wow. There it is. <laughs> Attract that statement, <laughs> Lewis. I know you're listening. Make sure. sure. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Seven for Botas. <laughs> the fanboy came out. That is going in the end of year montage. I don't care what you tell me. <laughs> Alonzo back, y'all.